see, see the comment the other day we got asking if we have a rogue sponsorship yeah i did see that <laughs> i only wish man that this is what we're working for is a rogue sponsorship i'm gonna stay consistent until i get it that'd be great i'm the biggest proponent of these rogues i was at the gym Outfit. last night at uh i got down at like 12 40 a.m yeah not surprised. I, I had put two rogues in yeah during my gym session at that late at night fuck yeah because <laughs> i'm telling you man it's it is like the life fuel for me it has changed everything extra for me miles an hour on the treadmill it's you changed. do but renzo taught me that when we were at uh <laughs> yeah. doing the mountain ops workout yeah. a couple years ago not it's mountain ops mountain tough mountain tough gosh yeah. can't talk today i mean close enough close enough um but yeah we were actually cody and i were talking about you this morning it's not surprising you were at the gym at 12 40 at night because i i came walking in what time did i say it was this this morning when we were giving Brady shit, oh, it, was it was just like you and I in the break. Eight forty one or like eight forty yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I go, hey, do you think Brady would be jealous that I just finished my first gallon of water and it's only eight forty something, whatever? I haven't and, even been awake. And, and Cody goes, he's probably not even awake right now. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yeah, the guy's such a night out, man. It's crazy. The guy's such a night out. Like to be, and then I, we were talking. I'm like to be literally the most dedicated like hardcore nasty hunter on the planet earth but for like just his lifestyle just doesn't match what you would think for you know what i mean you would think that that would be like in bed at seven up at three no. you know like just on yeah, on yep. the animal schedule his schedule is literally the most opposite flipped, flipped yeah. upside down i've always been like that my entire life and i don't know at this point in my life if i can break it i honestly don't I want to try. I can't say I've ever tried to break it, but that night you is know, when I, I mean, get all I the work done. Think, like the times I've tried to call Brady in the morning, meh. It's, it's no. Cody goes, yeah, it's he's probably not even voicemail. awake. I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I literally woke up today so at 8.36. I, I should start it's trying so at like Close. midnight. That was five minutes off. Yeah, you were five minutes <laughs> off. Five yeah. minutes <laughs> off. <laughs> like, no joke. I set like oh, literally so eight alarms in the morning. I had big ambitions to wake up at 6.45 and I was going to work on some stuff, but I was like, nah. Because I stayed up last night after I got done with the gym until about like two right. writing. Because that's like when no one bothers me. Literally, my phone doesn't ring. I don't get a notification. I don't get an email. I don't get anything. I don't get a DM on Instagram. That yeah, you're not you're not watching Slack. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally by myself. That makes so that's sense. my home yeah, time the, for the, my home the, relaxing time. Or I I, re, I will go home, do a little bit of stuff. I was cleaning my house last night. I put up another one of my bear hides, and then I went to the gym. And then I relaxed by doing some work. I, I I do write better at night when it's when there's nobody. That's for sure. Yeah, I always try to. I always tell myself like, oh, the mornings. You know, that's why I wake up so early in the morning. Is it's like my time. But Porter always ruins it. I always <laughs> gotta, I've always got a text from him. Or I've I always, know I would switch. You know, if like, I started doing that and he found out I was, I was awake in the yeah, morning, he would probably he, do the same. Because he know he's he's on a similar schedule. We both have young kids. Like the whole school, to, the whole thing. And he knows I'm awake. I know he's awake. And he ruins it for me every time. I'm like, <laughs> you just made me look at my phone. And I like, I have this thing set. I don't look at my phone until I get back from the gym. Like, I'm dead set. But there are, there are certain people where you're just like, oh, they're, you know, something's going on. Uh, you kind of have that, like, low-level anxiety when you see a certain name on your phone. Right. Of, like, you want to make sure everything's good. And he always ruins it for me. I'm like, bro, don't text me some bullshit stuff. And make me check my phone yeah. and break my my rule in the morning. He, and he he seems to always do he, it. He did he when I first started, he started doing that a few times on Mondays. And the first time I came in, like, you know, from being from Arizona and then coming here mm -hmm. and I'm in the office and I, I looked at him one day and I said, Hey, do you think it's possible that maybe you 
you don't blow me up like on Monday mornings. Can we do that like on Wednesday? Because like Mondays are like the busiest day and I'm getting blown up by customers. And I really, you got to tell me which one you want. Do you want me taking care of the customer? Yeah. And you know what? It worked. It was so funny. Cause after that it was like perfect. Cause he blew me up on Wednesday mornings. I'm like, this is perfect. This is what I gave him shit for. He's, he's an amazing leader and he does, he like takes feedback super well. He works with people, all this stuff. He doesn't listen to me though. I'm like, bro, <laughs> don't text me that early. Like, then I break my, then I feel like I didn't do, you know, like I, I have this thing that I want to do, like put my phone down in the morning until I get home and then I break it. That's I'm like, God awesome. dang it. The only time I wake up early right now is to go shoot my rifle. You do, yeah. You I know, do a like lot of that. Saturday and Sunday, I was up at 5.15 at the range at six, ready to shoot. I, the sun is just barely cracking up. I already put my target out in the dark. I'm dialed. Did you go to the gym the night before though? Yeah. And you'll still wake up. Uh -huh. See, that's it like sucked. it sucked. But then, I, then I got home. I took a great. Well, I took see, a great. That's, nap. I, <laughs> that's what I was getting to. So, okay, so like during elk season, if you're, you know, are you taking naps in the middle of the day? Elk season. Or, elk well, season. you know, he's I, a big I, elk guy. He, I, Cody I, knows this. I, I, I mean, you're a big elk or, guy. Or now. are you just grinding? Period. No. I usually don't take naps. I, elk hunting. And I, I would say more of a When I've elk hunted with trail, when we went to Wyoming. Oh yeah, there was there was a napping okay. period. All right. Mm -hmm. That's why I really want to switch this schedule over. I should. I enjoy the mornings. I enjoy seeing the sunset. I enjoy having a cup of coffee. I know I would enjoy it. It would benefit me during hunting season greatly. Enjoy seeing the sunrise. You mean? Oh, you sunrise. Yes. Sunrise. Yeah. Okay. Sun, yeah. Sunrise. See, I can't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, honestly, it's like it's mind blowing to me how dedicated you are to like the nastiest hunter on planet Earth. But then you look at your life schedule and you're like, how the hell does this even work? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in my head. He just turns it on when he has to. It's crazy. No, it's crazy. Let's do a, uh, uh, we talked about last time. Let's do that. The, your weight check-in cause you hit goal. Oh yeah. I hit goal. Let me pull it up here on my phone. Let me see what I was at. So I, I didn't, I didn't know. Did you guys have a deal going? Yeah. We're proud of Brady cause he, he stuck, I think trail stuff well, too, right? You've been trail gaining, you've been putting muscle. Oh, I've been putting on a lot of muscle. Okay. We talked about like, uh, our, our you know, Porter's a big new year's resolution. Guy. Right, 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 right. We talked about who was, who wasn't. And it, anyways, we all set, set out like these little things we were going to stick to. Porter made it 14 days of no drinking. So 14 days. And he was like, <laughs> that really, was his new year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> well, his resolution, resolution was wasn't all of January and he made it 14 days and he was super proud of himself. And did he, did he broke? Oh, he broke. Big time. Okay. Yeah. Big time broke. <clears throat> Brady has been hard on the train, like hard. absolutely well, sticking to it. Yeah. You, you're, you're we, aren't when you look at my body, what I was during hunting <clears throat> season and now is a big difference. Like literally when I got back from my Mueller sabbatical, I weighed 174 pounds, <laughs> six, five, 174. No kidding. 174 pounds. But like That's I always, will, I always will say too, though, <clears throat> my body can function in the mountains all the time. Like, I don't feel like I'm being limited, but I do feel like I'm being limited on the recovery well, side because I'm just, you're the worst guy to be behind on a trail. Cause yeah. I, I'm not keeping up with you period. Because no one. I mean, <clears throat> maybe trail, but no, you I, get the no long one. legs and you're toast. Yep. So then my goal was to be 190 by April 1st and I need to drink a gallon of water a day. And I, that's, that's a great, and I, I, I got to 190, like three weeks before April but it was like up to 190 and then boom, back down to like 187. And then it was like up, yeah, to, one, up to 189, back to 186. So I was like, I was just slowly, slowly gaining in like two weeks before April 1st. 
I cracked it, and I've been above so 190 since. What, what, where were you at? I was right at like 182 on Jan- in January. Well, what I'm, I'm going back to like when you were, you know, 19 to 22, oh, 23. When I, when I was in like, high school, when I was in high school playing basketball. Yes. My little stat sheet said six foot five, 165. <laughs> no, no, <kidding>. 165. <clears throat> okay. Uh. I Just literally all, all hair and teeth, nothing else. <laughs> I li- and, and short and, yeah. and tank top, right? I literally had people. But those are laces in my in the in the town paying me to go to like Culver's and get like the the big giant like concrete shakes, like have a ton of calories in it. Like after practice, before practice, like in the mornings, trying to like gain weight on everything. Could not gain weight in high school. All my friends were wrestlers. They're like, Brady, you'd be the perfect wrestler. You stay at the same weight, no matter no what. matter what. I could eat a whole pizza myself. I literally could eat a pizza myself. The next day, I would still wear the, weigh the same. It's crazy. That is just insane. My body, when I was younger, just burned calories. It still does now, though. Like the the night you you thought you were gaining weight, you had two dinners and you were like super proud of yourself. And then you woke up the next morning a pound lighter. I, I, I lost <laughs> weight. Two dinners. I literally lost weight after having two dinners. It was like a, a big dinner. Yeah. yeah. So today, though, you are well one ninety seven, right? Yep, yeah, I was one ninety seven. On Monday, 197.9. Today I'm 196. And his next goal was 200, <clears throat> 200 before hunting season. So when he first, when we first hired Brady and he came down here, Brady was big, like like filled out big. What were you, 212? Well, 212. I was, I was a jack 212. I remember meeting you, seeing you at shows, and I didn't remember you being as thin as, yeah. as you were. Yep. I mean, it's not like we knew each other real well, but I mean, I just, it, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know people yeah. and, and I just don't remember you being that thin. My body burns calories while eating. <laughs> this yeah. is Brady in a nutshell though, man. Like not only did he make it, he's going to make the second goal as well. I and mean, so, hopefully. So you and have this Texas hunt coming up. So yeah. So I'll probably lose, I'll lose a little bit more weight there somehow. I don't know how I keep losing weight, but <laughs> even, even last night. So I got back from the gym at whatever it was, 1245. I had the... Biggest meal last night. I had my, my standard tons of basmati rice. I had yeah. four eggs and I had a cup and a half of, uh, I think it was actually elk, ground elk meat. Big with, elk with, guy. With black beans and I had a sweet potato. Wow. I had all that that's that late, cru- la- late that's at night. crushing it right there. That late at night. And then I weighed less today than I did again so the, two okay, days so, ago. So wait a minute. So, so by right. the time you got done eating... It's probably you, you it's probably that. What yeah. time was it? Maybe one ten in the morning. <laughs> it's so crazy. And, and when I got back from the gym, I had I had two scoops of protein with some creatine, and then I, when I went to bed, I had another giant scoop of protein, and I had a spoonful of peanut butter. Brady and I are the exact opposite. I gain weight looking at food. Brady yeah. loses weight eating food. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got, you know, two kids that are in the high school, you know, stage of their life and one's yeah. in college. So Ty is 5'10", and he's he's pushing 185, and the kid is like a machine. He, I mean, he has alarms go off, he eats, he, he does the whole thing. But when he was trying to get from 175 to 185, that was a push. Mm-hmm. And he was eating like three regular meals. He was pushing two or three shakes a day. And five PB and J's a day. Ooh, and, and, good. <laughs> and, it, and it was, and it, and it literally, it was that. Like when he went on his recruiting trip, in the middle of his recruiting trip, his alarm went off, and the coach was like, "We're, we're in a meet. Like, what is that?" And he goes, 
time to eat. I love it. And the coach just looked at him and goes, oh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it was, yeah. Uh, I but, love it. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, I think the gaining weight thing is trying to gain weight and keep it when you're in that. That yeah, stage, no question. I think yeah. it's a difficult thing to do. But. So that's my that's been my whole goal now, though, is I want to you know I want to break two hundred. I'm trying to do it right. Eat still like very clean, but I eat, try to eat a lot more than I normally would. And then I want to maintain that throughout the hunting season, not have those big drops and then gains and drops and gains. I want to actually like keep the muscle I've gained because usually I do this all the time where I work out all winter, start yeah. gaining weight, and then I start hiking, start playing basketball, which obviously I don't play basketball anymore. And then I just start losing weight, losing weight, losing weight as scouting season, hunting season goes on. And then I start back over again in December, just weak, and then just gain myself back up. I'm on the exact opposite path. You know, it'll be interesting <laughs> to hear what you say, though, when you get, when you reach your 200. Mm-hmm. And you get in, I'm not sure if you're going to get into a maintenance phase or whatnot, yeah. but I would be. I, I would think that you're going to not feel weak at all when you get off these hunts. Yeah. That's what, like that's your what, rebound time is going to be way, way quicker. better. Yep. Cause your body's going to go, Oh, I'm just, I'm getting back into that right now. Yep. And I remember when I was two twelve hiking around the mountains, I was a machine. Yeah. Like even more so than yeah. I am now. Like it was, I could tell. Well, like six, five time. body at 174 pounds. That's survival mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like legit survival. mode. But then I was talking like uh, when we had Omar on, it's like the one concern I have is I'm going to have to start packing more food in the backcountry. And we yeah. all know how hard that really is. Like it's hard to pack on those calories without mm-hmm. going crazy and doing like my mass protein shake. Mm-hmm. Like I used to do that early on on my stoveless methods. So I might have to like start doing a mass protein shake on the mountain to get that extra 1,500 calories pretty easy if I have water yeah. and just carry my shaker bottle and just try to, You'll get try to maintain. So. Hey man, one thing I, I know about no Brady, when he sets his mind up, it's done deal. <laughs> done deal. Well, today we got Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, back on the, by popular demand, by the way. Well, thank you very much. I, yeah. I, it's, I, I'm, I mean, we've done them before, but it's just I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're here today. This is the first, right? Yeah. First yeah, for yeah. me and you. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, normally it's Cody and I doing these little optics. We, we get so much feedback from, like, and, you know, for everybody that doesn't know, like, I'm on the phones every day. And we get, <clears throat> excuse me, we get so much feedback from people saying, man, I love what you guys are doing. I love the podcast. They listen to every episode. Um, so, you know, anytime that I get to to get the optics out there, I mean, I'm going to take every chance I get and, and, mm-hmm. and let it fly. I mean, that's, this is the best thing that we do. Well, you've earned the glassing guru name and it's... Uh... The level of information that you are able to talk about on optics blows me away, <laughs> right? Because I'm just su- such a simple-minded person. And then when it gets down into the, I'm like, holy shit, man, this guy I, is like, I just been, learned a lot of stuff. It's lot been of a stuff. passion for a long time. You know, even like Jay, you know, Jay gives me the mm-hmm. nickname, you know, Glass and Guru. And I don't know when that started, but it was a long time ago. But we've uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. And it's, it, it is a passion. It's, I love, you know, some guys are really good at killing and making the stock and I'm really good at finding. Yeah. And I just, I love being out there. I love sitting. I love the quietness. You know, I love not, not having the phones on. I love, you know, just that there's something about, you know, I, I think it's the two best times for me personally to be out in the woods is, is at sunrise and sunset and the magic that I think that happens in those, those hours 
mm-hmm. I think is that it's so rewarding for me. It goes beyond, you know, brother. I, like, I, I t- I've told people in, in, uh, in seminars before that I'd rather forget my rifle than my glass. <laughs> and they, they just don't, they, they, they uh, just don't understand that. They're like, whoa. And I'm like, well, but if I find them and, and I leave them alone, I can go back there and, and, and do what I need to do. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't have but, it, you but can't. If, if I don't have the glass, I can't, you know, and yes, you could go walk around and tramp around, but then maybe sometimes you're pushing them or doing it. So I just think, you know, leave no trace. Yeah. And I, and I like being that. So, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm here, guys. This is awesome. As I've gotten to know you over the years, I believe all of that that you just said. <laughs> the passion is <laughs> is well noticed, and it's always been. I think everyone who's ever dealt with you would say the same thing too. You know. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, you know, you were clients of mine. Yeah. At one time, and then and and that that happens, and and we're we're in the right place. We we're hunted doing... you down just like we did Brady. <laughs> Yeah, I, I uh, never, I'll never forget your dad, your brother. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I'm like, who am I surrounded by? Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's been. We hunted a, you down. It's been a good. Got the uh, kill. <laughs> it's been a good relationship, and I appreciate yeah. it. So, but yeah, I'm honored to be here. And you want to hit him with a promo code? Yeah, let's on, jump in the promo the code right away. So, yeah, as all you guys should know, hopefully you do know. Hopefully you guys have been getting your apps in, doing your research. Right now is application season, and to give you guys a little kickback. Once you use promo code podcast, if you want to sign up for our insider research account, so that involves everything to help you get a tag, filtering 2.0, draw odds, app strategy articles, insider only articles. That's where we give away all the in-depth, juicy information about how to pick up these tags in the West from over-the-counter opportunities to leftover tags to, you know, diving into each state breakdown, species breakdown, and you get access to point tracker, hunt planner, go hunt maps. So promo code podcast will get you 50 points back to the go hunt gear shop so that's fifty dollars you can then turn around spend it on some optics absolutely and every time you purchase things in the go hunt gear shop you're going to get reward points back so you can start banking those up start saving them and you know after you make a bunch of purchases you might have quite a little healthy pocket of points saved up and like i said if you could turn around buy a tripod buy it you know every day it happens yeah buy no harness buy some optics yeah and we want you guys to uh Get the best, best research and get the best, best gear at the same time. So that's why we uh, yep. want to give you guys a little reward. So promo code podcast and get yourself an insider membership. We all use it. It's literally a game changer for all of us. You know, it's no well, joke. It's, it's like a 401k. I mean, it's like if you're not contributing, like yeah. you're just missing out on free. I mean, why not? Couldn't yep. agree more. We so, try to, you know, it's always hard like the validation of trying to talk about yourself and get somebody to believe it. But like we live and die by this, like this is how we right. hunt. And if, I mean, if you're looking to hunt, you know, shameless yeah. plug here, but like it's pretty, I mean, this is, this is it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I always say, like when I lived in Montana, if I had this information uh-huh. that we have now, why was I hunting yeah. some of those horrible oh, spots? It, if exactly. I was in college again and we had this, Oh my gosh. Because it always like, you know, I lived in a pretty decent area and I was like, I'm just going to hunt close to my house. Yeah. But that 30 minutes drive to that little spot I hunted, if I would have went an hour and a half the other way, it's completely different. Way better. Way better. Yeah. It's like you always think you know everything in your backyard, in your home state, but there's actually way more opportunities or way, you know, different terrain that I was actually more suited to hunt 
but I was just hunting something close to home and there wasn't a lot of animals to begin with in that area. It was just something I did. I didn't have all this information in front of me. You just had a regulation book that was super confusing and you just had what oh. your buddies were saying or your friends and family like, oh yeah, we've hunted here the whole time. Well, were you guys successful? Like, yeah, every now and then we, you kill something like every now and then. Like, <laughs> I, I want every year success, you know? I want to find I'm, animals, I want to see them, I want to be able to glass right. them. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I would not have graduated if this was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, yeah. that, and that's, cause that's what it does, man. Like I am really confident I wouldn't have graduated because of where I would have, I mean, I would have been hunting Montana plus North well, South Dakota plus Oregon yeah. that's plus the thing that, Idaho plus, I mean, plus, 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 cause it's all, I mean, I would have been hunting all of it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that I think that, that would have affected me differently because I'm way late to the game. Mm -hmm. I've been so blessed to be in Arizona and have the quality of the game that we do. And so that kind of shaded me one way. But then if I had had the information that we get, you know, give out to people, I, I would have, I, I mean, God love my wife. I mean, she, you know, yeah. she puts up with me as it is, but I just, I don't know. I I would have been way behind the eight ball, but I, I'm behind the eight ball now, but I mean, I just can only imagine what I would have been doing. And so yeah. it, it just, the information it gives and the time it saves me now, what used to take me hours to do with, with you know having you know three kids and mm -hmm. and a wife and you know we're putting in all those tags, it it, it literally it, it's dwindled down yeah. to nothing. It's just a simple process now. You know, and go, it's so easy. Yeah, going through this and building it, one of the things that stuck out in my head the most is so I grew up in Nevada, obviously, um, and I hunted Nevada and Utah. But like Arizona was always kind of a, you, I don't know, just the paradigm in my mind was like, oh, there's, you know, it's hard to get a tag. Right. And, uh, the one thing that's like, the amount of opportunity and quality yes. in Arizona is incredible. It's like, it's literally, once we started building this out and I'm looking through Arizona on, on our platform, I'm like, holy shit. Like, how was this, how was this not a thing? It's crazy. We, and like, we, not we, a lot of Nevada residents we, ever thought. We tried to keep it a secret. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's the amount of quality and opportunity there is incredible. So it's awesome being a resident there. Yeah, it's I, I feel blessed to be there and and it's uh I've drawn some really, really good tags over the years and had a lot of fun with it. But now with I mean and you know, again the, the selfless plugs for the information that I used to have to extract from mm -hmm. you know, from the game and fish, and now it's at my fingertips and being able to do that so quickly it, that I used to dread putting in because I was like, I don't, I don't, I just don't have the time to go do all those yeah. statistics and it's at your fingertips. Why would you yeah. not do it? And, and, and it comes down to two, it's like, it's years off your life. It literally is. If you yes. don't have the best plan in front of you and you don't know how the draw system works or what bonus points do, what preference points do, like you are setting yourself up for failure in a sense. You are literally applying for things you have no chance to draw because right. you've heard it's a great place, but really you statistically will never draw that in maybe your yeah. lifetime. So why are you throwing your app towards that unit Exactly. when you could be hunting some other stuff every single year, gaining that knowledge, gaining that intel, becoming a more proficient hunter for that species. Yep. And it's like, even people who pick up the regulation book, like you remember, you know, back in the day when we were in Montana, you could pick oh, yeah. up the regulations. It would say, Hey, here's some draw odds. That yeah. was just simple okay. odds. That, yeah. That yeah. was just yeah. absolutely odds. That, that was, was not taking in government anything. odds. <laughs> that was not taking into account resident, non-resident quotas. That's not giving you the best tool in front of you to make the best decision. Right. So you're setting yourself up for failure by wasting years off your life. Those are prime years yeah. you could have been hunting 
maybe somewhere well, else or in that state or another and, state. And I, I think it also allows somebody to go, okay, these are my best hunts that I want to try for. Yeah. But there's other places where I can create opportunity that if I want to hunt that year, I can do that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, you know, it, it really truly allows a guy to, to kind of, you know, build his, yeah. I call it portfolio. portfolio. If you That's will. pretty and, much what it is. And, and, you know, hunt planner and, and, and get that going and, and, and put yourself in the best spot to either hunt every year or, you know, if you're trying to, to get the best tags you can get, it, it allows you to do that too. Yeah. So. yeah. Cause you need to set yourself up for a now plan in the future. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get at is like this game that we all play, this hunting thing. Like if you, if this is what you're doing and getting into, the main rule of this game is you have to have a future plan and start right. now. Look, it, you know, you might be like, oh, that's four or five years down the line, whatever it is. It seems so far. I'm telling you in four or five years from now, you're going to be like, holy shit, it's here. And now, right. like, it, you, you have to have a future. Even if you are a, what we always talk about, Wyoming resident, right? Yeah. You get yep. You get taken care of so incredibly well right like that is an amazing state to be a resident in i'm telling you you got to plan for the future right if you're going to be in this hunting game and like you you have to have those five ten year plans you 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 just have to Mm -hmm. it's just the way it is i mean not saying it's uh the the good part about this lifestyle right that we all choose to do i'm not saying it's fun it's just the reality of it is like if you're not planning ahead you're going to be behind the eight ball at some point you're going to be it's just plainly that simple well, I mean, because <clears throat> that's the – if you look at the tags, so my elk tags in Arizona were 98, 2008, 2016, and then 2022. So if it, it, there's a lot of time in between that mm-hmm. stuff that if a guy really wants to – I mean, if you're – and those the, and by the way, those were all good, you know, above average tags by far. Yeah. Know? But I could have played the the other game, mm-hmm. and I just chose not to because I always like going with my buddies or doing you know whatever we're gonna do, and and so that was always a thing. But I, I think if uh, if if I if I were to look back, you know, you, and I had go hunt twenty years ago, yeah, and there's a lot of gaps in there that would have been filled oh, by man. by the things, yep. and that's yeah. I think the point is is fill the gaps now. Like yeah. if yep. you're not putting in your your you're literally spinning your wheels. And like you said, you were drawing above average tags. Like right. that, you know, that's a lot of people's strategy is your home state, your resident state. Right. That's what you swing for the fences on. Yep. And then you go travel and these other non-resident tags, that's what you you fill in with, right? Exactly. Like, and then you obviously have the best chance of drawing those, yep. those sky high units in your home state as a resident. Yeah, I always look at like my family, for example. I grew up in Minnesota. I have... Obviously, I've taken over my family and their friends' applications, so I'm setting them up for future <laughs> yeah. success. Like my brother, he just started getting into this Western game a couple of years ago. He's like, hey, I see you guys go to Montana every year. I want to start doing that. And I was like, I've, I've been waiting for that moment in my life where he's now hooked on the Western hunting. So I took him to Montana. He didn't have a tag. Went around with my dad and I. Now he's addicted. So he's like, Brady, what can I do right now to start planning this? So when I have the time with my job, because you know, he's you know moved up the ranks in his job and now he's you know bought a business. He's like, I don't have the time right now, but I want to have the time in the future. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna start buying you points here yep. in this state, in this state, in this state. And he's like, well, I don't really think I'm ever gonna hunt antelope. I'm like, well, what about five years from now? Yeah, you think that yeah. now? Yep. Yeah, that's, but then, that's like, that you're gonna, future plan. Yep. You're gonna be very thankful that I was getting you points for these certain states for certain species. Because then when you're like, hey, me and my buddy want to go to Colorado, Brady, what does it take for me to get a Colorado tag? Well, 
you didn't tell me that earlier and you had zero points, you're not going to draw it now. But since now I know he wants to be in the game, yep. now I'm applying for those points. So when he has the time and the money built up and the family freedom, he can go hunting and have fun. Dream a yeah. little bit and plan. Exactly. Mm -hmm. little foresight. Yeah, just you know? a little A little bit. foresight. Absolutely. You think you don't want to do it now, but I'll tell you what, you have a five-year-old son. You're going to wish yep. you had antelope points and you're going to wish you could just cash them in. I just want to go hunting. I just want to take them hunting. Well, those five antelope points you just built up are going to come in real handy. Yeah. And like I said, even that guy who lives in Wyoming or Montana who literally can hunt, you know, seven species a year pretty much yeah. all the time. What about you eventually be like, man, I've done this same Wyoming hunt all the time. I want to experience a hunt in another state. I want to chase something else. Well, even though you can hunt every single year, basically over the counter, a bunch of species, you could be planning and building points up for yeah. the surrounding state areas so that way you can go do that. Or like you said, take your son out, take your daughter out and go have a great hunt together. In some you're, not, new country. you're not creating opportunity if you don't do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. no shit. No shit. So yeah. yeah, let's talk. Let's jump back into some optics, Cody. Since um, we got oh, we knew we were going deep on that today. Yeah, yeah. We, we want to go deep. What, what do you What do you got like that you've seen? You know, either new in the gear shop now related to optics, or some things maybe we can touch on that might be coming that you're really excited about. Um, God, I mean, uh, I mean, the night force thing's been exciting. We've had gotten really good traction of that. We've got uh, the NX8s have done well. Um, uh, we've, uh, we're starting to add, uh, the, the attacker series will be coming. There should be, well, a couple just arrived, should be getting that fully, you know, on the site soon. Um, when, when, when we actually get night force in, that's, that's been a fairly oh, recent ad, right? Yeah, that's been within the last month. Yeah. Yeah. And we've actually done pretty well with, I mean, literally without having, it's, it's sometimes we get in that thing of like, we want to, uh, you know, we want to put the marketing and get everything. And sometimes it, when you. I almost kind of like to put them out there sometimes and let them prospect on their own. Like, like what does it do with just people surfing the site? And we've had a lot of people that have called like, oh, I see you have Night Force now. Yeah. So at least we know people are out there searching a little bit. But now, you know, you know, part of doing this, we'll, we'll hit the marketing hard and let people know we've got them. And, and so, um, and I know that people will call off of this podcast and go, hey, you know, I, I didn't know that you guys even had them now. Yep. And What's, so, what do you think is like the staking point for Night Force? Like what, what is their thing? 100% for me is, is, is rugged reliability. That if, if I just had to say one thing that, in, in, and I could say it about any, you know, other rifle scope out there, I would just sell it. If I had to just choose one just to, because I have such a reverence for the the, the people that kind of laid that that work down years ago, and the battle tested the guys who you know literally put it to to the test, mm -hmm. and the stories that I've heard and the things that people have told me over the years and, and things that I've seen. Um, I got to shoot them at the FTW ranch extensively, and I, I was really impressed by just how positive it was of an experience when you tell it to move you know x number of clicks that's what it does and i, I really like year that. after year yeah that's that rugged part of it yep. reliability I, I, 30 I mean, years from now I mean, it's still going to be clicking the same i i truly believe that yeah they're they're made to be used like that and i think it's repeatability that their repeatability that that makes it makes it so good yeah that's why we we're excited to bring them on is when you were telling us that about them we're like shit you know, yeah. rugged yeah, reliability, it, Western hunting kind of go, kind of yeah, go in. And, and I always, I don't know if it's one of their taglines or not, but I, I always, when people ask me, I'm like, they're battle tested, battle proven. Mm -hmm. 
And anybody that knows people in the military that, yeah, they take care of their stuff to a degree because their, their gear takes care of them. But the, the, you know, just the, the number of people I've talked to, and then in the hunting world, um, the guys that have been using them long before a lot of others, that's just what they, that's kind of their fallback. That's what they go to every time and they never have an issue. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, I always have to be that guy that like, there's other companies out there too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to, you know, say one, but it, it's just the, the fact of it is, is that there's just certain products out there that you go, you know what, if I was going to do that and it was shooting this today, that's what I would do. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad's been shooting night force for a long, long time. Yeah. And that was one of his biggest questions. I was like, hey, when, when's going? Can I start carrying Night Force? And I was like, you know, drop the feedback in there. And that's why I want to kind of Your dad's it. been a long-range guy for a while, right? Quite a while. Like, he, was, he was like an OG long-range guy back in the day. Yeah. Before, like he literally had the old, uh, was it, the old PDAs? Right. So like you pop out a little tap thing on there to like do his ballistics and all that. Like he has been a geek in it for a long time. And he was always, yeah. you know, Night Force because of, like you said, the durability. And yeah. just I, knowing, like you said, if you go up, 13 clicks, it's exactly what it's going to be. I think that's what it was, is it was, if you look at the history of, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm 52, so I'm, I've kind of done this a little differently. My dad was the guy that was like, okay, you sight your 30 out six in at, 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 you know, at a hundred or 200 yards. <laughs> and then you, you, you know, you really don't shoot past three and the good old and, days. And yeah. The, the, oh, and by the way, don't ever touch your turrets, mm-hmm. like leave them be like, that's bad for them. Well, it might have been bad for some of them, but like, you know, I, I remember shooting one of my favorite scopes um, that he had on a on a Model 70 sniper rifle that was, you know, it was just Gary Schneider barrel. The whole thing was so accurate, it was ridiculous. But we had an old uh, Weaver T10 on it, and that system in the T10s were unbelievably accurate. And I would say that there's a lot of systems out there that are basically modeled themselves after that system. Well. It, it's taking that, and, and I, I think what this comes back to is it attributes it to when somebody calls me and they're going on hunt of a lifetime and they're doing something, it allows me to instill a little bit of confidence in that. Mm-hmm. Because we all know there's nothing worse than thinking, is, is my rifle going to do what, I, what it does on the range? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's the, the thing when you, when you have a Night Force or you know, a Swarovski or a Vortex. or I was just answering a question about the, the Gen 3 today. Mm. The, the thing of it is is that when you give somebody that confidence that that scope's going to do what we say it does, yep. you know, they come back and they f- give you the feedback like, man, I just crushed the, you know, whatever animal that I was trying to kill for whatever. And, 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 and I think that's what drives it. I think you, you, you search those products and you figure out what works and, you know, some products do that better than others. Mm-hmm. And I think Night Force is one of those ones that just allows you to, to just feel really good that once you've got it set up right, it's going to do what you tell it to do. That, that so, anxiety goes away. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I just, you know, I, I would not call myself. I've shot out to 1,800 yards before, and that's a long way. Um, I would not call myself a 1,000-yard shooter on a regular basis, but I'm the guy that feels really comfortable at shooting, you know, 5 to 7, 750. That, that, to me, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I can do it farther, but I just know when, when I set my equipment up and when I do those things that, that 
I just don't have a question about it. So, um, yeah, it's just about finding all that gear that lets you do that. Yeah. How often when you're, uh, you know, thinking about bringing stuff on to the gear shop, do you take into account some customer feedback? Uh, well, like, I, like people are like, Hey, I know you don't have this. Are you thinking about this or do you get questions like that a lot? We get, we, we get a ton of feedback on that, especially if something's not as well known, you know, there's like a new product out there mm-hmm. and, and things are coming along. I think those are, it's good to listen to the public. Yep. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of gearheads out there. They're doing what we do every single day. And, you know, they're, they're forming their own opinions and they're putting stuff to the test. And, and, and I think it's a good thing to listen to your audience and, and, you know, and I'm not going to tell you that I've never made a mistake with a product. I mean, that's, of course. We, we all do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but that's, that's why you, you, you keep, I, I think from the time when I started at Go Hunt to now, um, I can look back at my own buying and my own thought process and there, there was definitive holes in it. And I think we're filling those holes on a daily basis right now that, that, and it's by listening to, to, to the, you know, the, the subject matter, you know, guys we have yep. and, and then listening to the, to the calls that I get, you know, daily, or, you know, even if it's just an email or a text, mm-hmm. you know, that keeps coming in and say, Hey, you guys got night force yet? Or you guys got, you know, when are you getting this or. You know, have you heard of this product? And it does. It sometimes, you know, in social media now, holy cow. It's instantaneous. You know, yeah. And I do, I try to, you know, you, you, you try to, to watch all this stuff. My wife, it drives her nuts. She's like, what are you doing on there? Well, if I see that somebody's tagged a product or whatever, like I, I spend an infinite amount of time like going and going, okay, I've not seen that product before. Mm-hmm. So, in, you know, then you go research it and you figure out, oh, well, maybe I don't be looking into that. Yeah. And so it's it's just it never stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's essentially how we built this business too, right? Like, I've been asked a lot, like, "Hey, did you ever think go like what you have today with going? Did you ever like did you think that's what it was going to be?" And uh, my answer is kind of, but like, no. I mean, how could you foresee what it right. is? Because we, as you start to get mass people. And you start listening to feedback. I mean, you're starting to see things from a million different ways where you're like, oh, my mindset and how I thought about that was dead wrong. That's just me and my paradigm in my head. Right. Right. And then you start listening to the feedback and then you start building it out to like, you know, you see it from so many different angles, so many different ways to see it. It's like, well, no, I could, we could have never like thought that this is what it was going to be. Right. Cause it's taken so many different <laughs> paths as the more feedback comes in. Right. Well, and I think, I, I mean, I mean, Look, ego plays a little bit into it. I mean, I'm willing to say that, right? Of course. But, but you know, and, and I'll, I'll use your scenario. You guys came to me because you were looking for, for specific things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you get a little bit of like, you know, these people are calling me. They're asking me what to do, what to use, what to whatever. And so you think, okay, well, let's build this optics, you know, you know, a uh, 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 site and we're, we're going to let people buy things and you get kind of trapped in your own little head. But Brady comes in and Brady tells me, Hey Cody, like, what do you think about this? And, and at first, you know, this kind of goes into a little deeper dive about who we are and what we learn and, 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 and becoming good listeners. Sometimes you just got to listen to people and go, okay, you know what? These guys are telling me something. I really need to do this. Mm-hmm. I really need to look at it differently. And I think that's the one thing that I've gotten better at doing over the years is like, it's not my way. 
it's our way. Yeah. It's our thoughts. It's our, you know, it's that, that collection of thoughts of people allowing us to like, man, I, I didn't even think about looking at that product. Yeah. Yeah. I know we've had those conversations quite a bit. It, like, I mean, it happens. It, it happens. I, I, I don't want to say it happens weekly, but it's almost weekly. You're like, Ooh, man, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you know, you start, you know, the self-reflection stuff, I, I think allows people to grow and allows people to make better decisions. And, and I, I'm with Lorenzo on that. Like, even when I started, I was like, man, this is really good. Like, you know, we, we had a great, you know, first yeah. year when I got here yeah. and, and then you're like, you know, two years later, it just exploded. And we're like, whoa. And so I, you know, in, in my own mind, I'm like, oh, we, I can get over that hump now. Okay. Yeah. Well, Since know. we're on the podcast for the first time together, I'll tell you the story behind that. So we were, we were doing this store and then we've been talking internally. Porter and I were talking, we're like, look, we want to be the optics authority. Like we want to be known as the optics authority and we will be if we get the right people and we do it for long enough. Right. First thing we need Cody Nelson. Like, let's go get him. Like we want to be the optics authority and we will be with the right people. So that's why we went after you. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, 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 it was funny because look, my, my previous deal, that was a, like I learned a lot and, and I have a great deal of respect for them and, and yes, things didn't go as I planned, but that's okay. Yeah. Opportunity. When you know, my mom always said, "When when 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 God closes a door, He opens a window." Yeah. And so, and I remember there was a time, and I and I I think back about this. There was a moment that was like a, it wasn't that year, but it was like a year before where I remember Chris saying something to me that I that I took away, and I just was like. Did he say what I think he said? You know, but like he, he was like, "Hey, man, when are we gonna get to do something together?" Yeah, and it we, wasn't like it wasn't like this recruiting thing. Like, hey, we want it wasn't. We were testing the warmth of yeah, the water. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> yeah, and I just remember that. Like, did he say what I think he said? And so it happened, and and yeah. and things align, and things happen for reasons, and and I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and you guys have given me an opportunity to create what I, what I wanted to create in terms of an optics business. And, and I do, I take ownership of that. I'm very proud of that, but I work with the best people in the industry that allow me to do that. And yeah. so, you know, I, I, and that's not a, you guys know me well enough. No, that's not blowing smoke up anybody's skirt. No, that's just, definitely. That, that, that's a, there's a give and a take and you guys ask a lot and you guys want a lot, but that's just flat out period. You giving me the opportunity to, to do what I love doing. Yeah. And, and I say that as much as I possibly can because it's true. Yeah. So the fact that we're sitting here today, it just tickles me pink, brother. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I I just, it. it's just, well, it's we said incredible. too, like we, we don't ever want to be, you know, the big box, just slinging optics nope. left and right. Just anything we can get our hands on, you know, this, that, whatever, every brand, every we've had a few thing. of those talk, talk. Every, yeah, it's like, that's not us. Like yeah. we're not, we're not talking about being the optics authority on like how many optics we sell compared to like, somebody. right. We're talking about being the optics authority of like, look, what we carry is what you need, and here's why. Right. Like, we use it. it, we trust it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's it's always about procuring, and I truly. There's nothing that that's in our optic shop that I don't look at and go, yeah, I, I would put that on this. Mm-hmm. I would put that on that. This is what I would use that for. This is who I would sell you know this for for that given purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is is I've I've gotten 
I think the thing that, that, that has allowed me to do what I do in sales is I'm not, it's not just about what I'm telling somebody. I learned that at the gun counter and I learned that honestly by watching, um, there was a point in time where I had a couple of, uh, of females that were working a gun counter and that 10 years ago, or well, it's 14 years ago now, like I would have, if you were a girl standing there and there was a guy, men would walk right up and, and look at the two of them behind the counter and go right to the guy. Yeah. And I, and I, I all of that, it, it kind of forced me to look at like how you sell to people. It's not, it's not about what this person says. It's, it's about listening to the customer and figuring out what their needs are. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and asking questions and learning from that person. Oh, that's what you want to do. Yep. Well, scratch what I just said. Like, it, it's not about my ego in that situation. And, and gun sales, for most of my life, were a lot about ego. Mm-hmm. Listen, well, listen, need, here's what you need. Yeah, this is what you <laughs> yeah. need. And and I, 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 I and, and back in the day, I'll bring it up. Like, I learned from some guys Dusty Erickson and and John Weir and I mean I can name you know Don Brooks out of what used to be called it you know Don Sports Shop which is no longer in business. I literally was going into that shop when I was five or six years old. When my dad, we didn't live in the town, but that's where we went to get stuff. And then later on, when I lived close, when I got a bike and a car, man, I, I was down there every day watching those guys sail, and it was never. It was never about the ego. It was always about just listening to people. And I, I learned that at a really young age of watching those guys. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was a good thing. And, yeah. uh, and, I, and I think it just allows us to do this here is, is listen to people. Um, I get to talk to them on the phone every day, emails every day, texts every day. And it's just about listening to what their needs are. Yeah, because each person has specific needs. They might call you up and say, hey, Cody, I'm thinking about you know, this binocular or this spotting scope. Yep. And you could literally dive in and give them reasons, pros, cons, maybe your, your opinion, but then you're gonna ask them, well, what's your use case going to be? I've, yeah. I've heard you do it a lot. Like what is your specific use case? How are you going to use said tool for the job? And they're right. like, I'm going to use it this way. You know, I might, you know, I'm going to be hiking a lot. So, okay, if we're going to be hiking a lot, well, let's cater you down to maybe a little bit more lightweight package that exactly. you'll be dual purpose. So if you live in the East Coast and come out here, it'll it, work in both it, places. It, it's it's kind of like, we, you know, we were talking about the spotting scopes, right? Yep. And packing. Okay, do, do you want performance and, and you know, like good digiscoping pictures or, you know, being able to see little tiny details? Or do you want lightweight and, and you know, and space savings? Yep. But somewhere along the line, you got to choose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, unfortunately, it, they just perform differently. Yeah. So and it's so, listening to the customer yeah, and figuring it's, out what it's they It's about want. listening to what that person really, really wants to do. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, the, the products that are coming out that are allowing us to do those things are getting better and better and better. So, you know, for instance, that ATC, STC from Swaro, is re- it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So you know, I, I've been, I've literally, I think, been actively asking and bugging the guys at Swarovski and anybody else who will listen for a decade. Like, when are we going to build something? Because nobody else is doing this. Yeah. You bet your ass that's in my pack for that Stone Jeep hunt. Absolutely. Guarantee Wait, that. <laughs> you know what the fascinating thing about that thing is, is that what most people don't realize is it's, it's not a component. So it's not like, I mean, I, I, 
I mean, when you normally take an eyepiece in a, in a body and put it together, you've got filters on the outside of that that, that are no longer, you know, I mean, it's, it's all one contiguous oh. piece. So I, you know, the truth be told is like, I'm just excited because I, um, I, well, they've been so popular. I haven't really got my hands on one for any longer than a couple of weeks, but, um, I, I want to do the resolution charts on it because I think it's going to, it's going to blow some people away. So that's, that's why it's so clear for being so small. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I've been told that, um, it was basically built more like an EL binocular than it was, you know, an ATS or STS mm. or ATX spotting scope is what I've been told. And so I think that there's some, when they narrowed it down, I mean, you know, like why would you pick 56 millimeter body? And so I think when they did that, they kind of figured out, okay, this is how low we can go here. How, you know, this is what we can do. And, and I, yeah, I think that attributes to it a, a, a great deal. Yeah. You excited about that, Brady? You like that? Oh, I, I tested that one out on the Mueller sabbatical. Yeah, and you like it. I loved it. Yeah. What I really enjoyed was the packability. Like that thing is the size of, you know, a 16-ounce water bottle basically. Right. It's super it is smart. crazy, man. <laughs> but but you're not crazy. sacrificing anything on brightness or clarity. Like when I throw a digiscope on there, it's crisp. When I look at my eye and I'm glassing around scanning with it and trying to pick up, an, pick up an animal in the shadows, I could see all intricate little details that I felt like, you know, was blown away with how small it is. Like, how can I right. see what I'm seeing right now? Well, it's so a lot of people would ask right now, like 65 or 56, right? Yep. And, and between like the ATS and, and the 25 to 50 eyepiece. And when, when you compare those two and the way that I describe the, 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 the performance is if we would all agree that a two millimeter exit pupil is about like acceptable for a spotting scope that I can see pretty clearly it looks good. I'm not struggling to, you know, to get behind the, 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 the eyepiece and really look into it. So if, if two millimeters is what we're after, that would mean like on a, on an 80 millimeter, you'd be at 40 power, mm-hmm. right? With a, with a 20 to 60. So you'd be, you'd be at, you'd be at 40 power. Okay. And then on a 65, you'd be like 32 and a half power. So that little spotting scope, now you're at 28 power. So the idea is is that okay so for that small a package you're only going down four power to where you would have relatively the same exit pupil and I, and i and, and all i'm saying is is that am i really going to miss that four power or am i going to am i going to miss that that space and weight savings mm-hmm. again it, it comes to a personal choice yep. and some people would say oh I, i'd just rather take the 65 i can handle that weight but there's some guys that really want that, that, that diminished size. But here's the best part of this. When you turn that, the 56 millimeter up, the ATC up, or ASTC, I, I just didn't feel it diminishing like mm-hmm. other spotting scopes were diminishing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's going to be really fun as soon as they're kind of out of the back order situation. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm hearing good things about that. But as soon as that, you know, we'll have them to test more and to, to really play with and, and uh, but it, it is it's an awesome piece. But and it's pretty much the same, um, same as ATX, right? In terms of the eyepiece, 
Same, well, same, oh, same, no, no, yeah, oh, yeah, same size. Yes, the same, same size. That's what I noticed right yeah, away. Uh, so, it, so, so my digiscoping, yeah, you know, everything the, the, works. The rings, it, I can flip them back and forth. Yeah, so and that's how I did that first test that we did yeah. that, that turned out really, really good. I, I was blown away by how good it was. And I was comparing it to an 85 millimeter at the time. I mean, I, I, if I can take a four or 500 yard target and I'm looking at both things and I was like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can turn the power or the magnification way up on the 85. But when I would turn it to 40, I was like, wow, that, that, we're not we're not falling off the table like I expected. No, most bottles when you get to that high magnification range and I, start losing it, something, it, that 40x is it, still it, very it, it clear, very still, bright. It was really good, and I was I was I was really impressed by that. So yeah, yeah, I've I've always found myself like I very rarely go full zoom on a on those spotters, oh, like oh, very rarely. One hundred percent agree. It's, yeah, you, it, there's you a start there, to fall. There's, yeah, there's a window there. Yeah. That, um, it's kind of like when the ATX STX first came out. And uh, I, I, you know, Randy Ulmer was in the shop and, and he looks at me and goes, Cody, is it really that good? Because that was the first time we got 30 to 70. Mm -hmm. And I, and I literally looked at him and I said, Randy, it's going to be so good. It's going to scare you. Cause I've never seen anything from that set, that 50 to 70 power that, that was, that was that clean. They kept mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I, and I was like, wow. And, and it, and it did it, you know, Jay and all the guys that, that, you know, that, that were around, we were just blown away by, cause we, the old 20 to 60 by 80, that, that was kind of the one that everybody judged everything against. When you turn that up to about 50, it was like, you know, you could start to see things diminish, mm -hmm. but boy, oh boy, when that, when that ATX STX came out, that was like, that changed the game. That, that 70 power was achievable. Yeah. One thing I also really grew to enjoy too, which maybe a lot of people don't think about. So you're saving weight, obviously, and packability is going to be lots, you know, takes up less space in your backpack mm -hmm. with the ATC or STC. So it's lightweight, lightweight package. But then what I'm also being able to do, I can then take a smaller pan head. It's going to be a little bit lighter. Smaller tripod. Oh, yeah. Smaller tripod. So I'm, yep. so I'm actually not just losing weight in the optic. Yeah, it, I'm losing backpacking weight in two other places. So now collectively... You don't even feel like it's on your back yeah, anymore. You, it's it's a f well, I don't know if the force multipliers. It's a, it's a yeah. It, you're doing more than just one thing. Yep. Yeah, that's but, what but you're, for you're sure. not sacrificing a lot. You're it's, not sacrificing. Absolutely. That's that's the big thing. Like going on a hunt to me, I've I've been packing around that 115 in BTX for a long time, but I didn't feel like I was missing it as much as I right. thought I was going to when I was out there using it. And that's saying something to me because I'm willing to pack heavy optic because at the end of the day, for me, optic, like you said, you have to find the animal to kill the animal. So I'm willing to sacrifice there to carry heavy optics. But when I was using it, I was like, dang, this is pretty nice. I can pack more food. I'm not yeah. going to, like, all these other things I can do with that yeah. lightweight package and still be able to glass and have that performance. And this is part of what you do, like being the optic or the glassing guru. It's so much more than just the optic, right? Like there's four main components in my mind. You can disagree with me here if, if you'd like. I want to get your opinion. Like there's the glass itself, obviously. Yep. Then there's the attachment of the glass to the pan head. Yep. Then there's the pan head itself. Yep. Then the tripod. Uh, there's like... There, there's nothing to disagree with. To That's, be the glass yeah. guru, it is all four of those yep. that work with each other, right? Yeah, like if, we talk about if, it all the time. You never put a BTX on top of a, you know, some little yeah, you can't lightweight setup. That's the thing is, is you you like so. People ask me every day, like Cody, what do you carry? It's like, well, 
I don't know, I got about 15 different tripods that I play with and, and whatnot, but I, I test certain things on other, th you know, I mean, that's, there's always a testing phase going on, right? But I tend to lean myself towards, I want stability. I, I will take stability over lightweight almost every time. Yep. So, you know, built like I am, I'm a pack mule to begin with. So I've never really looked at, you know, an extra couple pounds and went, eh, you know, yeah. I, I, I mean, bottom line is, is that when you have those things together and they're fluid and everything works in conjunction, I mean, I almost, you know, like, like I almost get kind of romantic about it. Like it's a fluid motion. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking with my 15s and I'm sliding that off and I'm putting that down and I'm, I'm putting my, my straight spotter and I'm, I'm now on the same zoom and I'm looking at what I should be looking at and I'm turning up the, the, the magnification to match, you know, where I'm at. And all of a sudden this, you know, image arrives and you're like, man, that, I mean, that just made my whole morning. Yeah. And when and then the, you know if the deer starts moving or let's say they're rutting and you can follow that deer you know, there, there's nothing more fun to me than watching a, a, a coos buck that's that's nose to the ground it's just searching right and all of a sudden that animal stops and and you, your fluid head your pan head comes to that point where it stops and there's no bounce back there's no reverb and you're right on him and all of a sudden, for a brief moment, you're like, did he just disappear? Did he not? And, and you're, you're like, nope, he's right there. I got him. And he starts to move again. And you can you could do figure eights with the fluidity of that head and stop and let your hands off and let it hold. Yeah. And just look. And those are those moments that I go, my stuff is doing what I asked it to do. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. When you have, like all those, so those four components I just talked about, like it's, the first is the optics and then the other three are to get the most out of yep. that optic, right? Like that's the most expensive piece, obviously. I think we all know that, but it's like, man, now you have to find its partners, right? Like it's, it's things that it likes and that'll, that'll hold it and function in stability. Like you said, are you going for stability or lightweight? Like if you're going stability, well then you need the right attachments in right. the right places. You need the right pan head that can handle the weight, the right tripod to yep. not bounce in the wind and not, you know, like all, all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, God, Lorenzo, I, it, I mean, I, I could talk about this stuff for days, but but like what you're saying right there is so important because Brady and I were having this kind of conversation not too long ago, and I, I, the question came up of what do you think has changed the most over the, the years? You know, I'm 52, right? So yeah. I, let's just say, I mean, I, I've been actively – trying to grab binoculars since I was probably four or five years old. And they were the Tasco seven by fifties that my dad had <laughs> in the, in the truck. And I, and I was yeah. riding out and hanging out the window and my dad would say, you know, you just, you know, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. Right. I've been, I've been, you know, I hear that all the time in my brain when I'm glass and keep your eyes peeled, just be patient. It'll come. Yeah. And so I think that the biggest thing that's changed the game in optics is is the tripod when i look back into the articles that changed me forever in terms of what i was trying to do and to in terms of coos deer hunting it all comes back to glassing off of a tripod because i can look at the articles that were written by 
Craig Boddington, when Boddington would go down and be hunting with Dwayne Adams, who's, you know. The guy. The guy. I mean, the, back in the day, I mean, the yeah. McClure's and the Adams and all those people from San Manuel and Jensen's out of Tucson. Are you kidding me? That was like, that was the mecca. And I would read these articles and I would see these guys with these, I mean, just, I, and, I'm, and I'm not trying to, I'm not even make fun of it, because, but, but it's what we had. It's these tripods that were tiny, thin, tubed, like silver. Yeah. Set up for a different purpose. And, and guys, and, and I'll never forget the image in my mind. There's, 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 he was sitting on a, a, like a big rock perch overlooking a giant basin, and he's got a set of 1560s ice. And I literally remember myself, I was like, I want to do that. How do I do that? And it wasn't too much longer. I was probably, I don't know, it was 14, 15, something like that. And I remember my dad going on a first hunt. He was actually teaching in San Manuel or principal. I can't remember what it was, but he was, he was asked to go on a deer hunt. And, and he started telling me about what they were doing. And he was like, clear up on the Catalinas. And he was, he was on these you know, high deals and he's using tripods. And at the time, there, there wasn't even like... Like people were setting binoculars on top of stuff and like strapping them down with <laughs> surgical tubing and things. That's like the, the ingenuity and the, st- the, the the contraptions that I saw were were ridiculous back in yeah. the day. Don't they, necessity is the is the mother of innovation? Isn't that yeah. the saying? Yeah. Right. Like they you need it. Right. Like everybody yeah. knew. Okay, the glass is good. Like it's far more capable than me holding it. So like now, what's next? Right. Yeah. It's. But those are the days. But the tripod, I think, I mean, if you really think about it, like, yeah, you can sit in glass. But I think of when I see somebody glassing that's not on a tripod now, I think of not what they saw, but what they missed. 100%. Because I have sat countless times, been on a little knob or peak or whatever, well before light, hiked in in the dark got cooled off, you know, opened everything up, you know, dried off before dark and you're sitting there and you, you can see a car drive up or I mean a truck and they, everybody piles out and they're doing this and they're glass and they're walking around and they just don't even know that I've spotted deer that are right below them, right across from them 15 minutes before they, they're even there. And they do this and they get bored and they whatever and they're they're dancing around and walking on the ridge and i've seen deer just lay down and then they get up and drive and go off to the next place or they they get on their their uh, utvs or atvs or whatever they're doing and i think that that aside from the sunset beautiful you know a river runs through it moment to me like that's the moment i go they just don't have a clue yeah. Like this deer are right there. Yeah. So I just want to hammer that point home then. So you think one of the most influential things in optics over the last, let's say, 15, 20 years is a tripod. Tripod. I can, I can tell you the tripod. I, I think when Swarovski came around and, and, and you know, they started, when they, when they basically did the 15, these things were, you know, I don't want to go back and tell it somebody was the original, you know, spark or whatever, because, but that 15 was created 
And, and that was a pretty cool thing. But I think when people really, but even if you're using a tripod on a, I've used tripods with an eight. People don't realize how good an eight can be. You got a super wide field of view. It's super bright because you got a bigger exit pupil. People don't give it, you know, I wrote that article and, and, and the first time I really had hunted with a guy that used a, an eight by 56 off a tripod, I was like, I kind of, in my mind, the back of my mind, I'm going, doesn't he realize there's 15s? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doesn't he realize there's 10 by 50s? And, and, and if you call, if we called Chase right now, literally I was kind of bugging him because I'd never done it before. I was like, hey, let me see those. And I'd walk over there and, and look and, and I'd be like, holy cow, like it was dark. And we were on a, 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 a elk hunt for, for Mike Shamadan and, and we're, you know, bunch, you know, I'm with a bunch of firefighters and, you know, firefighters got gear coming out everywhere. And, and we're looking at this and I'm like, holy cow, the exit pupil on that glass was seven, seven millimeters. So you got the band of light touching your eye is seven millimeters. And that is huge. Mm -hmm. You can't, your eye probably can't even take in all that light. But he was finding stuff before we were. Yeah. Because it was pitch black. I mean, it was dark. And he's like, oh, I got elk here, here, here. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, this, that's perfect right there. That's genius. Hmm. So, and that's essentially, just so you know, that's how the 15s, the original 15 Swarovskis, that's how they were created. They were created off the 8, eight by 56 body. They already had the body. They I just didn't know it. that. That Strosky didn't have a clue. The guys from Arizona had to go down there and tell him. Basically, took him out in the in the field and said, "Here's 1560s ice, and here's now stand there with you know stand there in glass with your stuff, and we're, we're going to show you." And they kept deer, 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 and that's how it, that's how it happened. Yeah, I remember when this SLC 1556s came yep. out. Talk about like taking over the yes. industry. 100%. It was unbelievable. So that, and, and it's tough to say which binocular, which tripod. I just think that collectively the tripod has had, because it's allowed people with eights, tens, twelves, you know, well, twelves didn't come along until, you know, I don't know, early 2000s, but, or they, not so, not so much. They, they were there, but did not barely. But yeah, that I think the tripod really affected in, in his, his state because I think it allows every person, no matter what glass you have, because the, the pillars that I always tell people, buy the best glass you can afford. And by the way, I'm not telling you that you have to you know, buy a blister pack, something off of Walmart's wall, and that all of a sudden now you're supposed to go buy a $3,000 something. That's, that's not what I mean by mm -hmm. that. Buy the best glass you can, put it on a tripod, slow down and so i think that that tripod has just allowed people to do more stuff and see more game than any one thing that because even if you if i had if i could only afford you know a 300 dollars piece of glass i'm gonna find more game with it on a tripod than not yeah so that's i, I just think it's easy the tripods so, changed it for me i yeah. i I shake pretty bad, right? And I've replaced left shoulder, so like anytime, just the handheld binocular, like it's always bothered me. I always shake, and I'm I sound like a uh, sound like an old person with a lot of issues here. <laughs> but I, I get nauseous like really easy. 
I've always gotten nauseous very, very easy. So the okay. shake in the bino has always like, uh-huh. you know, it's I, I don't like looking through it handheld for right. me. Yep. So I am exclusive off a tripod. Like even on Porter's th- uh, third season Colorado hunt when we're like still hunting through these little sage basins. I mean, everywhere you roll kind of where we were hunting, we were always in shooting range, right? And it was always like, if you come over the ridge, something's going to be within right. three, 400 yards. I was still, I'm exclusively only on a tripod. So you're, you're basically carrying your tripod to be ready, right? When you get up on the yes. little knoll, set glass really quickly with your tripod. Correct. <laughs> and yeah. from like the, the amount that I shake, I'm going to miss anything anyways. And I know that about myself. Like if I try to rush it, I know I'm not have the you, best. Have you tried this thing yet? The, the Zulu no, Sexus? No, but hey, look, I, we've the, been talking. The, well, no, but the, and Bray, yeah, look, I, I'll, the, these are these ideas yeah. that I personally would go, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I remember our conversations, Cody. Yeah, yeah well, and by the way, I've looked at those. You know, a friend of my brother's, Tony, he was like, hey, have you ever looked through these? And I did. And those back in the day were, let's just say they weren't as good as they are now. Mm -hmm. Okay. The idea now, I'm like, okay, man, those things, those things really do the, they really do the trick. And so I've, I, I will tell you that I've had grown men get emotional because they they didn't know about tripods and glassing that 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 have like beginning stages of Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Some guys are just jittery to begin with. That's me. Um, there's a couple guys that I know that have used the Zulu sixes now because we you know you have the conversation and be like, hey, this is this is something that you need to look into. I know you're dealing with this, and it's it's virtually changed their life. Yeah. I can see how that works because, like, for me, like, I'll get ahead of myself and rush it. Like, you're talking about slow down. That's, I always have to tell myself that. And then I know, like, I'm going to get motion sick looking through it. So then I exponentially rush it. You know what I mean? So So when he started going down the Zulu six path, I'm like, oh, buddy, this could be my, this could, this could be my dark timber elk, you know, running those sage bowls kind of, kind of. I'm just telling you that I am saying this, Brady, on live. This is being recorded. It was the, the, it's those moments where you go, you know, he's kind of got a point. Like maybe I ought to revisit this. And what did we do? We went and got you one yep. and we figured out that, you know what, we're, we're, we're kind of missing the boat. And, and yeah, I, I think we're going to do really well with that. Yeah. I'm like, and, okay. and there's some, there's good stuff and you know, we're, we're there. Well, yeah. Yep. Soon enough. Yep. yep. Right. But most most know that I've been addicted to those for quite a while. I've used them off and on on quite a few hunts. Now, actually, my brother, who I was talking about earlier from Minnesota, who right. ran that one hunt, he saw me using those. He basically stole them from me the entire hunt. <laughs> and he's like, "You're not getting these back." I'm like, "I right, well, I, I had my twelves with me as well. I had the twelves right. and I had I had the tens, ten Zulu sixes." And uh, after we got done with that hunt, he's like, "I'm buying them." He went out and bought them. He uses them all the time right now. He's addicted well, to them. I've shown more people it. And like Lorenzo was saying earlier too about maybe jittery or all that. But like when I'm hand-holding stuff too, I start feeling my heartbeat. I can literally oh, yeah. feel my heartbeat. I mean, you can see it. It, it, yeah. it moves, yeah. moves your binos up and down when you're glassing. And so that's why like on that tripod, it works really well. But sometimes when, when my style of hunting, I'm hauling ass up a mountain. Yeah. Trying to look what's on the other side. And quickly I'm like, okay, I could sit down. My heart's already racing with those Zulus. 
flip that switch, oh, I can glass while I'm standing up, while I'm sweating, while I'm breathing really hard, and I can pick apart the terrain really quickly as I'm looking around to make sure there's nothing trying to run away from me, yeah. or like in Tajikistan. That's why I specifically brought right. those binos because I knew it was gonna be super windy. All those situations were sitting there, like, sure, I could probably glass on a tripod, but the tripod's gonna be moving so much. It was well, literally 30 plus mile an hour wind. And the, the thing is, is that you, like I had to get over, well, for okay, first of all, there's been other gyro things yeah, out there. Yeah, there's been some before. And that don't always, I'm trying to say this correctly, that if they're not cared for properly, they can break. Yeah. Okay? Let's just leave it at that, right? Mm-hmm. But these are battery operated. Yep. And then you're thinking, well, now i got to carry more battery, you know, but and but the, the, the pros completely outweigh yeah. the cons. Yep. I was letting the guides in Tajikistan use my binos. And they almost wanted to steal them from me as well. They're like, oh, wow, I'm, these are these are amazing. I, I'm sure. When you're hunting those sheep yeah, up I'm, there where it's literally windy every single day and you can flip that switch and cuts all that wind, like we can even glass. I've even done it. Well, while my, my dad was driving down the road in Montana, like a little two-track, I can pull those binos up. I can glass while we're moving. Or like we're talking about guys going to go on a spring bear hunt in Alaska from a boat. Or well, I, that's, I was going to say boats. Have you guys ever been just driving on the road and you – I always think this is interesting that you find something and you're, you've got the engine on and you're glassing and you can feel the vibration, but as soon as you turn the engine off and it gets quiet, the, you know, like the, like things get nervous. Mm -hmm. So keep the engine on. But I was just thinking like, even if you're, even if you're going to drive around and just look at elk or animals or whatever you're doing, just the guy that's on a quad or ATV, whatever it, 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 it completely mitigates the shaking. Yep. Or the vibration that you're getting off the, the engine. And what Brady was just talking about, like that that heartbeat, that's what makes me the most nauseous. It's so like you're you, you're you're moving. You're, do you, you ever know. see the rolling ball effect? Do you ever do you ever get that? What's that? Well, coming so, from the glassing guru, what exactly? Sounds pretty is intense that? right now. I'm sure I okay, have. So but what ro- is it? And, I, and there's I'm sure there's going to be way better explanations. But sometimes rolling ball effect almost gets like where you you. You, you can see the image, but everything around it is almost like it's spinning and moving. Yes. Okay. That's so the, that's where I th- get that's, messed up. It's called, it, 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 they call it the rolling ball effect. I've only experienced it one time on one piece of glass. I'm not going to say what that piece of glass was because I've never had anybody else tell me they've gotten it off of that. I would tell you, like, I get seasick, car sick. If I, you know, I, I'm equilibrium deficient like that's that. Me. So, I have that issue sometimes. Very interesting to where I was. I was on a very high peak looking down into a basin. We were chasing this, I don't know, 108 to 110 inch coos buck. And I put the glasses on there. I'd never field tested them. And I put the glasses on there and literally like had to go to my knees. Because I, I, I was on a rock. Mm-hmm. I had to back away, and, and thank God the truck was at least. I literally was almost out of it for about two hours. Like I wanted to physically throw up; it was bad enough. So I can identify with that. But I've only ever had it happen that one time. Yeah. So, but that it's something to do with just like when you like when you're moving. It. I I, I always think of like, like, just it's like this image, and everything else is spinning around it. Yeah. And I can't. 
I know exactly what I, you're talking I just, about. I can't so, get it to stop. I know exactly so, what so what'd you call about. this? Rolling? It's called the rolling ball effect. Now I'm going to sound way smarter when I talk about this. Yeah. yeah and instantly in my head, I was thinking Miley Cyrus oh, here, wrecking the, ball. Yeah, here it is right here. That's just my, uh, my Cody thoughts. just pulled it up. The yeah. globe effect, sometimes yeah. called the rolling ball effect, yep. or the spinning globe effect, yep. is an optical phenomenon, partially an it, optical illusion it, that occurs with visual optical instruments. It's almost like their binoculars, yeah. But yeah. it's almost like if you guys ever been in a car and you're you've got the brake on, but the car next to you moves, but you, you feel, feel like, like you're, you're moving the, backwards. It's, it's kind of the, the same thing, and it. I I, I wish I could. Um, I, I some people do it on like the EL ranges. I've had a few people say, like on the old the ten by fifty four victories. Um, I think it has something to do with the the field flattener and the lenses. But some people get it and some people don't. Um, I would tell you that on those, you know, the majority of people don't have that problem. But I, there's a few people that, for whatever reason, they're yeah. they're susceptible to it. I'm actually really interested. Do you get feedback on people being nauseous through glass? Like, is that a oh, thing? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because I, I, I genuinely get it really bad. Like, I struggle with, with um, equilibrium distortion okay. already. I have this thing. So I struggle with it already. I can I can get motion sick, seasick like really quick. I'm, but I can for me, I can feel it coming on, and so I'll back out of the I'll back out of the glass. Like how you it hits you right. immediately and you drop to a knee. I can I can feel it coming on. If I were to keep going, I would get to that point. Okay. Okay. Um, but you, I'll you know I the, find myself having to back out of glass a lot to, so to get away from that. I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. One. Is it a certain kind of glass that does it? And, and, and I, I'm trying not to, to, to single any manufacturers or anything out. Or even economical versus, you know, like having the best glass. I would tell you that I, I think, um, so for instance, there is a piece of glass out there that I can look through. And that I physically, no matter what I do, tripod, hand-holding, anything, I cannot get it to focus. And if I look through that any more than two or three minutes, I would tell you that I don't ever get headaches. And I feel like I want to split my own skull open and, and, and stir my brain around and get it figured out. Because yeah. it's that irritating. Hmm. I have a lot of people that will call and say, hey, Cody, I was using this glass. I tried to do this. I was on a tripod and I just can't, can't, it gives me a headache. I would tell you that typically there's a couple things going on. A, maybe you're not as focused as good as you could be. Yeah. B, you could be out of collimation. Which is? Uh, so the tubes of the binoculars are aligned. So they're collimated so that they, I guess at a certain point, they cross. And that's why you, you get that, that you know, that uh, circle, right? Mm -hmm. So when one tube is up or down or, you know, split, it, you know, if you ever look at a piece of glass, it, it maybe it just doesn't feel like it's focused right away. It can be so slight that you can maybe work on the focus and it makes it better, but it doesn't make it perfect. So I'm not suggesting that that's what it is, but I, I've had guys that for, I had a hunting partner that literally was telling me like, Hey man, like my glasses and he looked through mine. He goes, Oh man, I can see that tear right there. Yeah. And I looked through his glass. I'm like, are, bud, are you okay? 
And he's like, what? And I go, these, they're not a lot. This is out of collimation, yeah. like horribly out of collimation. He's like, no, I've been using these for a while. I'm like, like, that's not good. So there's that, there's that situation. I'm going to ask, does that happen with the best of the best glass? Yeah, it happens. So for me, like I'm super fortunate and obviously we have go hunt. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using Swarovski mainly. Okay. Right? I'm get, trying to get the most out of the glass that I'm taking for the weight that I'm carrying. Um, so for like, it could be that, what'd you call it? Columnation thing? Columnation. Yeah. So it, because, so what I had, it's called Meniere's disease is what, what I, it's an inner ear degenerative oh, okay. malfunction sure. of your inner equilibrium. Right. Um, and the, the side effect is, uh, um, what do you call it when like, you don't know which way. Oh, it um, uh, what's that called? Dis, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Vertigo. Vertigo. So vertigo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. So like that's the that's what comes to okay. you is just vertigo sure. out of nowhere. Um, and so like it could be that because I don't know if my wife notices notices it all the time. She always tells me I'm crooked. Like I always hold my head to the side, so I'm trying to fix like the horizon tilt and for my inner no, ear. No kidding. So like yeah. So people. I, you know, no, I, not th- the, this is fascinating not to me because to, not but, that anyone's supposed to care about well, the shit I got, but, but no, but 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 the, I the, hold my but, head tilted. But that's an interesting thing because I, I mean, yeah, I mean, because I, I like like I if someone comes to me and says, "Hey, I got a splitting headache and I'm using this," I will tell you a lot of times when they when they buy better glass that allows them to focus better, better, yeah, and more in, in more detail. I think that that helps. I don't, there are certain things that I don't know that that'll solve. Um, man, that's really interesting though. It that, definitely could. So that, when you said that, it definitely could be that. Cause I, I'm cricket already. So they're probably out of alignment to match my, like, cause I'm trying to fix the horizon. Interesting. Line, the hori- that's what I'm trying to fix visually, like to help my well, equilibrium. So what you should do is take somebody else and look or through two it. or three people and say, you guys look at these and tell me if they're in focus. That Which I've never that. done. So yeah. you can you can also take a, there's a couple of different ways to do it, but you could take a house that's, you know, because generally speaking, the house is going to be level, right? Yeah. So if you take the, if, on a tripod and you got the, the let's just say you were on a tripod and you had like half the, the screen or half your view was was on the roof line, half wasn't. And when you when you go to back away, like pull your head away from the binos mm-hmm. you'll see if one two is it, you, you'll see it see it tilt yep and then you can also do that off a straight line you know like on, on the i don't know use the like a side of a house or a barn or something that you know is plumb and you can you can do it that way too so um but yeah i, I would certainly look at that stuff um that that's really interesting yeah, so that's that's why I get nauseous through. Uh, why well, I think I get nauseous. I, I, I can't glass. ride in the back of a car. Yeah, I can't either. ride. Yeah. I mean, if I go in open sea, I, I I just I'll throw up the entire time. I literally I can't, I don't drive. So here's with something other else that's okay. What what magnification of the bottom? What most of the time when you do this, when is it? Is it on the high power or the low power? Honestly, I've I, I haven't paid enough. It's something I've like I just have dealt with, right. you know what I mean? And I, like in high school, I was, is when it was hitting me. So I've, I've dealt with it. So I would I be curious really like, to know. Yeah. Because the first time I ever got seasick as a kid, I was down in the bottom of a, I don't know, 
my grandfather's giant boat, whatever, and we're they're fishing off the back, and I'm down in the in the cabin, and they're like, "Get out of the cabin!" I'm looking yeah. out like a little porthole, <laughs> and, you know, it's, and I see this just waves, yeah. just and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And and I'm throwing up off the side of the boat like a chum on in, you know, the whole thing, the whole deal. Oh, it fishing was, was probably it was, better. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, definitely was. But I remember one of the old guys pulled me aside. And he says, "Son," he says, "Look," he says, "We're gonna turn the boat and orientate a little better for you, but." I want you to look at the horizon. Mm-hmm. And he says, I don't want you to pick a spot on the horizon. I just want you to watch, to sit back. And when he did that, right, it, it made it a lot easier for me to, and I, I got calm and, and, it, and it was a much better second half of the trip. I'm like, could anybody have not have told me this in the first <laughs> half? But that being said, I think that sometimes when people use, I will tell you that I, when people use higher um uh, magnification binoculars and the field of view is narrower that's not uncommon for people to have that issue they almost feel like claustrophobic or they feel they get that and when they get to like a 12 or a 10 or an 8 now they can kind of see the whole thing and it, it kind of gives them you know and I'm sure there's a doctor that would really be able to explain this much more articulately to do that but it just gives them that that presence of mind and that that awareness and, yeah. and, and lets their brain process it. Makes total sense. I'm using twelves now. Those twelve sure. ELs. The, or those those NL Pure's twelves. Oh, right? yeah, and that's well, and, and that's as wide a field as you know. It's a yeah. 299 foot field of view that you're going to get. That's just amazing for. A, a, or I'm sorry, 300. And, uh, yeah, but it's it's as wide as any twelve that's out there. So yeah. So, I so I, I've, I've never like paid attention to like the individual thing. Yeah. But that's what I do is I'll back out of the glass, turn around and look at the horizon line and then just kind of get, you know, okay. two, three, well, five minutes and then I'll get back on the if glass. If I get off a plane, it takes me about six hours to get where I can back. Like yeah. I, I just, I got to yeah. have, a, I'm that guy at 6 a.m. that, you know, that, that, that comedian that talks about... <laughs> You know, there's that one guy in the plane that's got to have the window open at 6 a.m. on yeah. a on a, on a, red eye or a flight. <laughs> that's me. I, I just I, I gotta feel that. Me too. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I've never really like asked you about it or talked about it, but that's just it's a yeah. super common thing I get. Well, it makes me want to ask some guys that maybe maybe there's something out there that um, that can help. Or, well, my head went exactly to these the Sig Zulu sixes. Yeah. The other thing I can't believe Cody's gonna pull up is when I saw the price point on them. I'm like, what? Yeah, the price point is yeah. pretty reasonable. It's super reasonable um, for what it is. They're, it's like uh, unbelievable. And we're, we've, yeah, there's good things coming. So, so I'm gonna try these this year. More choice. I'm gonna try these this year. Yeah. yeah. Let's. Can we jump back to? I want to jump 100%. back on, on these. Uh, the tripod discussion. Isn't it great how Brady always kind of. Oh yeah, I, I wanted you guys to go because that was back in. that was a gold conversation. I think a lot of people can get some good value off it. I'm genuinely interested to to know like how many people struggle with being nauseous enough that they have to back out. I don't know if I'm like yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like I've just had you know I've sold binoculars obviously now for a lot of years, and you know you ask a guy and, and he says, "Well, have you?" I said, "Have you tried these?" And he's like, "Yep, I tried those." Well, what do they do to you? He's like, I have a ridiculously bad headache by the time I'm done glassing with them. Like, yeah. okay, well, don't do that. Yeah. So have you tried these? Or have you tried, you know, like, here, here's mine. Go take these out for a morning and tell me what you think. Yeah. Problem solved. Here's my check or my, my credit card. And yeah. here you go. 
All right, Brady, you can have it back. Sorry. Okay. But I'm asking for comments. Just I want to I want to see yeah, how yeah. odd I am. I'd also love to eventually us maybe have a full conversation on the Zulu sixes. We can dive in a little deeper on it because, like I said, they excited me for a long time. I think they're a phenomenal piece of glass. Yeah, they're uh, they're amazing. And what, what you can do with them. But I want to jump back and talk about our tripod discussion. How you said tripod is one of the most influential things to optics in the last 20 years. So yep. when you're talking about a tripod, what kind of features do you look at when you're talking about a tripod? Like leg leg diameter, number of legs, mm-hmm. twist lock, flip locks, um, center column, and maybe some glassing uh, tips around it. I know it's a lot. At no, once, no, no, no. What, what, what do you look for? I mean, for first a tripod? and foremost, I'm looking for something that kind of matches the optics that I'm got. I think that's the most basic thing that you can say is like, like if because if you're using a, a BTX and a and a 115 the smallest tripod's not going to be. So I'm always looking, okay, these are the optics I'm using. And I typically tell people I I run like a, a, a two system. I normally have one that's a little bit leaning towards the heavier and more stability mm-hmm. and, and with a bigger head that handles more weight. And then I also have one that, that is almost always in my pack that's ready to go. That's, that's, that's a little bit lighter weight and, and I can... I can get by and I feel comfortable with, yep. but generally speaking, I don't ever go crazy lightweight because I'm anal retentive, obsessive, compulsive about my glass, and I want stability. And I, it just the way I'm done like that. Um, I used to like flip locks, so I I, I kind of look at flip locks, twist locks because I, I people tend to think that flip locks are easier to, to deploy. Chris Porter. Right? 100%. Straight call out. Yes, he yeah, is. That was his, yeah. Um, the only guy I know who... And, and Porter, I got coming out. I got options coming, I promise. Um, but but that's the thing is, is, is I look at flip locks versus twist locks. Um, I look at carbon fiber versus aluminum. Um, Pros, pros, cons, quick, a carbon well, yeah, fiber. No, 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 absolutely. So um, I just want to miss that okay, point. Okay, so flip locks. Flip locks, certainly easier to deploy, easier to, to put back and, and compact, right? Problem with them is the biggest gripe I have, pet peeve, is that, number one, they get caught in every strap I have on my backpack. Yep. And, you know, guys, the, 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 I will bet you that most flip locks that break get broke because somebody, they go to jerk them out of the pack and it and it. it completely breaks that and flips it off. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Um, I think that flip locks need to be cleaned more often because we all know we're out there in the dust or whatever, it, it, and they just need to be taken care of and maintained. But one point right there, how many people do you know who actually think to clean your tripod? I, I Having worked at a counter and to have people come in and the things that I've seen come out of or off of tripods, it's disgusting. Yeah, they should be a piece of gear take, that you take, take an care air of. compressor, canned air, nylon brush, do something, nylon brush and blow on it. That would be a great start. Yep. But how about um, how about just putting that in a sleeve on the side of your pack? Or it, there's there's lots of ways to combat that. So. I just would tell you maintain it the best you can. Yep. Straight call out again. Porter definitely doesn't clean it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so flip locks, um, easier to deploy. Flip locks. I've never met a flip lock 
that at some point in its life that does not squeak. Yep. The squeak and you always Again, have to, the you cleaning always are, thing. You, you always are constantly adjusting them too. You have to tighten them. And cause here's, here's the truth. And you, you, you experienced the J Scott. If you want to drive him nuts, you go sit on a mound with him and you do something that makes noise. You know, you've got a buck two, three, four, five hundred, whatever it is, and you start cranking on flip-flops that, I mean, he just wants to come out of a skin, and I love Jay to death like a brother. But that noise factor... It always squeaks. I mean, we just don't realize what we're scaring off that we we don't know. So Mm -hmm. I would tell you that, you know... You got to keep them clean. And talk, and he, talk about an unnatural sound in the wild. Oh, the sound of metal. One hundred percent. And even if you don't realize, you're like, oh, it's not that loud of a noise. But what if you're there that makes that squeak noise? You spook a flock of birds that are nesting in a tree behind you. Those birds fly up. Deer turn down. Oh, now I see you moving, and now I'm gone. Yep. Like you might, the deer might not hear it. But something else does and spooks and causes that deer to. Be yeah. Alert. So that's kind of the flip lock side. Yep. Twist locks. Twist locks are not for the uncoordinated. Practice with them. I don't care if you're watching football. Open them up, put them back together. I can do it with just a quarter turn of each deal and and put them up, put them back. It's not just practice with it. Just it's not hard. But what I find guys doing is, is they open it up and they create twisting it, and all of a sudden they've got one tripod, their one leg in their hand, and one over here. And it's Chris like, Neville. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll keep going all day. He, Neville so, has lost so many legs off his twist locks and, and because by the he way, twists them too when, I mean, so when you do that, there's two little half little shims in there that if they come out, mm-hmm. you're going to have to find them. Yeah. That's why Porter because, doesn't like the twist. Yeah. It, is, is he over twists them and then next thing you know. So you it's, it's common and, and it's not alone. And I used to think that I, and I've done it myself. But when I did it that time, I've never done it since. Yeah. Because I just know what I need to do. So, and again, it's practice, open, close. The thing I, that the most, there's, the, the next thing is, is that the, the, the um, twist locks don't get stuck on packs near as much. Slide in and out of the Slide pack. in and out, piece of cake, easy peasy, right? The, the, the best thing about them is they don't squeak. Mm-hmm. They're self-clean, or I shouldn't say they're self-cleaning. They're 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 basically preventative maintenance on themselves because they're open or they're closed. Well, they're not open. They're only open when you set. I mean, but yep. you got to close them to hold the leg where you want it. So they're not getting pelted with the dust right into that that those threads, so they don't make all that noise. So I I, I think those are important things to think about. Um, the big thing to me is speed. I can literally, if I know I have three knobs right there, I can grab them with my hand. Yep. I guess I have bigger hands than a lot. I can grab them, yep. t- twist them all at once, and then slide my hand down. I'm pulling out all the legs at once, and then I just run back up, tighten, 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 and that leg's on, go around. It's super fast. I, 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 it, it's just becoming familiar with your gear. Mm-hmm. And so guys, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly messing with that stuff all the time. So I think when guys pay attention to what they're doing... Yep. So when it comes down to both of them, though, there's there's options why you might want flips or twist locks, yep. and they both work. Yep. At the end of the day, they do work. But I, you're gonna have I would tell you that a lot, of my, a lot of my heavier tripods 
um, like the O55s yeah, or the bigger tripods. It's not as big a deal because I, I'm probably not long distance glassing. Yeah, I'm long distance glassing, maybe around the truck more. I'm you're hiking out onto a little ledge or yeah. whatever, but it's not the noise isn't a factor, and and it you know it's just not as big a deal to me. But so um, you always want your your legs um, to be uh, so that you can articulate the leg angle. Um, if you're sitting on a 45 degree hill, your your front leg may be straight up, and your other you know your your two side legs are, are at a different angle. So you always want that to be you know pretty um, free flowing, if you will, and, and adjustable. Um, you know you just take the three body sizes right here. Well, in order to get close to your glass, you know if you just keep them in the regular position, well it may not allow you to get close enough, and so. You know, you're broad enough to the shoulders that, you know, you probably have to spread them out a little bit and get yeah. them behind them. And Brady probably doesn't have that problem as much. Brady doesn't have much of the same problems as me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, want you to, I, want, I want you to touch on something that I, I feel like you were going to jump into here in a second is which legs should you extend when you're glassing when you don't need to use all your legs? Oh, I, see, I see it a lot. And I don't think, I don't think, pet peeves. I don't think oh. people realize the, the leg and the legs are very important. Which ones you want yeah, to deploy? So I always like my biggest pet peeve is when someone's glassing and they've, and they've, they, well, first of all, my biggest pet peeve is standing. I hate standing. Yeah. It was, um, and I think, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll say this now to all the guys that I talk to and what I, I think sometimes it's because of the animal that I hunt mostly because I think when you're coos deer hunting to be standing up on a, a ridge or just walking around like looking here and looking there I don't think it's as I don't think it allows you to do it as much as just sitting down and getting off the edge I, I'm that person that's like don't skyline yourself don't yeah. you know so um, I think there's a lot to go in there there mm -hmm. but um, the I think what you're getting at is, is that I'm when people sit down and they go to extend the leg, they extend from the, 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 the very bottom, the bottom leg first. The skinny Which, one. So, yeah, the skinny one. So now you got this, all this leg and all this weight on the, on the essentially the weakest yep, it's the, leg. It's the leg that has the smallest diameter. Right. Exactly. And I just, it's my biggest pet peeve. I would rather take that first leg length and then drop down the middle leg first to get that to where I want it and, and then adjust from there. Yep. Um, you want to use your heaviest legs to help aid in stability. Right. I personally, I don't know that I have a, I have one tripod that has five leg lengths or five leg lengths in the system. The more lengths you have, the weaker that leg is. So, I, I prefer three, but four is pretty common. And so um, when the difference is that when you have five leg lengths, it allows it to get super compact. Mm -hmm. But then you have to extend all those legs when you want it to get, you know, back to the normal, you know, the, the tallest height. So I would tell you that like my optimum tripod is three leg lengths. And I'm able to sit down and I can extend just the, the, the middle portion down maybe two or three inches and I can sit behind that comfortably and that's a rock solid, yep. you know, steady. Um, I, I'm not, I think I, I like tripods that have a smaller circumference so that you can pretty much put them in any, 
any side pocket or any, you know, within mm-hmm. your strap system or your compression straps. Um, I, I would tell you that most of my leg diameters are, are middle to, you know, heavy. Um, and only the lightest ones are going to be smaller. So um, I think that's a, a, a quality or, a, a, you know, just a, you know, what you want to look for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've seen guys, you know, have tripods with these giant fat tubes on them. And I'm like, well, I, I get it. Yeah. But for me, those would be the, the heavier tripods, not the lighter ones. Let's get into the center column. We're leaving one specific piece oh, out. Oh, yeah. There's a strategy <clears throat> so on the center column. The center column, as of lately, has become a thing. And I, I call it shooting tripods versus glassing tripods. Now, I know I, 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 everybody's going to talk about it. There are tripods out there that are meant more for guys shooting long-range PRS, NRL, matches. They typically have ball heads. Um, I, I try not to extend my center post, but when you're in situations in the, in the contour of the mountain or wherever you're sitting... Sometimes you just need, you know, because you want to get a different angle or you're sitting up straight or you, you just want to pull it up by enough or just get that little extra piece out of it. I, you got to me, you got to have a, you got to have a, a, a center post. I, I personally don't have a tripod um, that I use all the time that, that doesn't have that doesn't have a center column. Um, I, I just I think that they're to me, they're just a necessary glassing. Yeah. Tool. The one, the one but question. to always have it extended the least amount. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the, so I, 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 you try, like I want the legs to do the work, not necessarily the tripod because yeah. typically speaking, if you take, um, if you take a tripod and you put the legs out and you grab the center post and you kind of wiggle it, you'll figure out that that center post is the weakest link in the whole yeah. tripod. So I, I try not to extend it by, by very much, yep. you know, lucky I'm five, six and a half. And yeah, and I, yeah. And I can, if I have to stand, but if I'm standing, I'm normally standing with a, with a bigger tripod. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that for me is, is I can do that by keeping the center post locked into the trundle, yep. you know, or the base. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but, I, but, 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 you know, to learn, that's a great point because that's, you know, I, I don't know. There's so much going on right now with people using tripods that are, and I, and I just ask people, I'm like, okay, well, what's your, what's your first and foremost? And again, it kind of comes back to that, like forgetting your optics versus your rifle thing. Well, I'm a glasser first and a shooter second. Some people think I'm crazy. It's my, it's my hunt, my way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I am always worried about glassing and finding first. Doesn't mean I don't take my rifle and shooting and all that serious. It just means that my first thing is like I want to be able to glass in comfort and glass how I want to glass in in and and reduce eye fatigue and and I want to do that as efficiently as possible. Yep. And speaking of the uh, center post, so while I'm on social media, sometimes I see when either I share a photo or I see someone else shares a photo of their binoculars mounted on a tripod, that center post will be up. And I read through some of those comments. I always see comments, people like, oh, you can never do that. That's the worst thing to do. Like, I do believe, yes, you do sacrifice a little bit of stability if you crank that thing all the way. Like, most of those can go 12, 13 inches or whatever. So if you're doing that at 13 inches, 
yes, it's probably going right. to make it a little bit wobbly. And you should, like you said, use those legs to bring that up. But there's times like you, you did mention earlier, and this one I want to talk about this is what the mountain deals you. You might have to do something different during that yeah. certain situation. And yep. keep in mind that person who you saw their photo and you're reaming about, oh, that's not the correct way to glass. Well, in that situation, at that moment, it might have been, because again, we don't know if that person was doing long distance glassing or close distance glassing. So yep. when I'm trying to look at something that might be a little closer range, and I just need to prop that up really quickly to get like down below to look at something. I might yep. have that thing up there for just a little short period of time, right. and then you're moving it down. It's something that I feel like you know you, it's movable, so it's the quickest thing for me to move is the center column up and down yeah, rather than adjusting the legs. And I want to be like, what's that? That buck's moving. Oh, I need to adjust that center column really quickly right. and move it. And that situation is okay, but I don't yeah. feel like you should have it extended for long, long periods of time because I you are sacrificing. I just want something that that gets me into whatever comfortable position that I want to for that given. Yep, that, whatever the mountain's going to give you and to minimize the, the, the movement. That's what I want. Yep. And I always will say too, if you're going to use it make sure you lock that sucker down, take that little tension knob, lock yep. it down super tight. And I always set my tripod up the exact same way. Like you're setting like the two legs and one leg forward or whatever, depending on the situation. Yeah. But then I always have that knob on my left side because then I'm glassing with my right, yep. except I put my right hand on it. I can constantly be adjusting things up and down. I yeah. know where they're at. I'm not like, oh, where's that knob? I, I normally, in the front or in the yeah, back? I, I normally glass with my left, so that knob's always, you know, yep. I can kind of... I think this comes down to, like yeah. again, that practice, like we we're ta constantly 100%. talking about. Take things out, practice them, know your system, and that's why when I set it down, it, I know how to do it when situations arise where I need to be quick. I would tell you one of the biggest pieces of advice I have for any person that is new to this and, you know, not done very much glass... Please, for the love of God, <laughs> just go out back in your patio and pick a tree 50 yards away. So you're saying be that creeper who's glassing your neighbors? Down. <laughs> no, I didn't say look over the fence. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just said look at a not tree. From your, not from your I mean, upstairs balcony? If there's balcony? something else going on in the tree that I need to know about, I'm, you know, whatever. But I'm just telling people to spend time with the gear and practice with it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because I will tell you that over the years... The stuff that gets returned the most, not, not always, but a lot of the times, you, I know when a guy has really tried his equipment. Oh, this didn't work for me. Well, did you? No, no. Well, no, I did. Well, no, and I'm like, I, you know, it's it's so much easier if you put if you literally test the gear. Yep, test it out and use it. Take it out in the backyard. Keep it on concrete. Don't scratch the, the feet up. And so in case it doesn't work for you, you can return it and we can get you something that does work. Yep. So there's that's that, that that's the whole thing is, is that guys just need to, you know, I, I told the guy the other day, I'm like, well, okay, if that doesn't work for you, go home, pack your whole pack like you're going to pack it, put everything in there. And if if that piece doesn't work, let me know and send it back mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get you a piece that does work. Yep. He's like, well, nobody else will do that. We will. Yeah. That's yep. the whole point of this. Mm -hmm. hey, so we've, I, ta we've talked about it on podcast a couple times about just having your system. Like you got to have yeah, on all absolutely. your gear, you got to have a system. I mean, I know it doing extra work sucks, but like you just invested in all this stuff. Well, have a system with it. Like know know what you're doing with it. What do you, its purpose is. Well, do you guys have those guys, or are you those guys that you're sitting there glassing on the mountain, and you're like, oh man, I, I wish I had my, and the guy just goes like this, reaches back, he goes here. Yeah, yeah. The way I set my pack when I'm glassing, I know exactly where things are. He at. knows where everything is at, every pocket, everything. He's not looking for anything. Yep. Yeah. 
So, so as, as we're moving, I want to keep moving up the tripod system. Yep. So we talked about legs. We talked about twist, flip locks, you know, center column. So as we go up the center column, we have either. Well, let's hit just, just real quick. Uh, aluminum versus. Okay. Yep. We can do aluminum, tri aluminum versus carbon. Carbon fiber. Um, I would just tell guys that there, look, there's different carbon fibers out there. You know, there's six layer, eight layer, nine layer. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of different things. Some carbon fibers created better than others. Um, generally, that's reflected in the prices, to be mm -hmm. perfectly honest with you. Um, I think there's overkill. And I, I think that, you know, um, carbon fiber is good. I think it has a, a dampening quality to it. I think the legs are stiff enough that they do a good job with, with, with holding optics. Um, most of what I use now is carbon fiber. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, carbon fiber was like the oddball. It just wasn't out there yet. Yep. Um, aluminum's noisy. Aluminum's cold. I will definitely say it's um, cold. I, I just would tell you that um, zippers, I mean, again, Chase got the zippers, you know, some guy whips his jacket and that zipper hits the, the, the aluminum. Yeah. That's an unnatural sound. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, uh, in, in quite frankly, aluminum's heavier. Most yep. of the, I mean, you know, yep. tube for tube, typically it's heavier. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, almost everything I do now is, is, is carbon fiber. Yep. And the one so, caveat I have there is, so I'm, I'm the same thing. I love the carbon fiber for tripod legs, but I do own that, uh, Siru or Sure, I guess you would actually, Sure, my bad. I have, the, I have the glass and girl. I got to pronounce it correctly. I have the 004 SK and that's aluminum, but it's still a very, very yeah. lightweight well, tripod. And, and that, cause so th built this for specific needs to be reason. said about tripods. So you guys have heard the four pillars, right? Or the three pillars. So you've got to buy the good glass, put it on tripods, you know, slow down, slow be down. methodical, right? But really, any tripod is better than no tripod. Mm -hmm. I don't care. At the end of the day, if you can keep your glass more still than it was when you're hand holding it, you're better. Yep. So I, I would tell a guy that, look, if... if if what you can do is a T004 SK with a VA5 head that is $189 and you're going to get points on that and they're probably doing a rebate, you know, on it, you know, mm -hmm. why not? Why not? Yep. That's better than nothing. I will take, I will take a tripod over nothing any day of the week. And then you look at the price point on that too. The, VA, the VA5 head by itself. But, well, that's 100%. All, that's, like you're almost getting the legs for that, free. You basically... Yeah. And by the way, when I say that about those legs, you take the head off of there and you play with those legs. Those legs are not, I, I've had worse tripods, way worse tripods. Mm -hmm. So I would tell you that from where that tripod is now at 189 bucks to where some of the first tripods I had that were lightweight, well, I, I'd take the T-Zeros of four in a heartbeat, yep. aluminum or not. Yep, yep. So, so aluminum carbon. I mean, I go back into the days when the Coleman, C-U-L-L-M-A-N, was like a pound, but you couldn't articulate the legs, and the, it was like this little tiny ball head on it. It was, I mean, I still I have two of them, and they still make them, but they're <clears throat> they're just too light. Yep. So 
and not enough. Uh, they, they're not as um, adjustable. So mm-hmm. why would you do that to yourself? Yep. But if I had to have something and I had nothing, they're perfect. Mm-hmm. So then, as we move up, now we have uh, either pan head or ball head. Give me the give me the pros and cons. I, I, I'm, what, I'm always taken under 99.9 percent of the circumstances for me taking a pan head. Yep. Because of um, well, there's a couple things. Um, the fluidity of the pan head for me, I like having the handle or the option of having a handle. Some guys take their handles off. You can, you know, uh, right now creating some handles that are lightweight and, and taking some ounces off if you're an ounce counter. Um, but I love the fluidity of it. I love the weight that they, they generally will, you know, hold more, if you will. Now, there are some ball heads out there that that game has gone a, a long way in, in another direction, a good direction. But it's just, I think if you're going to be a shooter and and you want that ability to mount your rifle and you want the ability to like have the rifle suspended on that piece, I think a ball head makes a lot of sense. But again, I come back to the thing, I'm a glasser first, shooter second. Yep. So I go with what you know I feel is going to help me find game faster, more efficiently. Let me ask the shooter Brady a question. Would you ever shoot off of a ball head or have you? No. You would not. Because to me, most of the – it depends. If you have a specific tripod that has the ball head and it's mounted really low, like I have a – I can't remember what the Vortex one I have. I shoot off that one Radiant. quite a bit. Yeah, the rate, yeah. Um, that one's okay because it sits really low, but some of these more hunter glassing ones where they actually have the ball, they have the knobs on top, it sits a little taller. And to me, that's the more stuff that's moving around. It's harder to kind of lock it in. Where that pan, it's just, I don't know the right word. It's, it's, it's bigger, seems more stout to me. I can really lock it in. I can point it exactly where I want. I can get it kind of set up first. I don't have to like, oh shoot, now the ball head, I loosened it up. Now the ball head's going to fall over the side on me. I'm not going to have that with the pan head. Yeah. So Makes I don't. Sense. Yeah. I will not use one if I have to. Like I don't like glass yeah, I mean, with it. Look, you can you can spend six, eight, nine hundred bucks on on you know the highest end quality ball heads that are out there, and and there's some phenomenal stuff. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I just I, I think for what we're talking about, um, the, I mean the ball heads that are out there today, there's some good ones. Yeah, the Surrey ones are, are great for for what we do with them. Um, I have shot off them before. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not my way. I yep, mean, yeah. but I mean, I still help people purchase them and, and buy them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Brady, but, have you ever shot an animal off in a hunting situation off the tripod? Nope, never shot an animal. I practice with it on the field. I feel just like I'm case. very comfortable, like 600 yards. I can literally rock it all day, but I've never had the point, but I do have that ability. And that's why I added the full Arca rail on the bottom of my rifle. So I can just slide just it onto case. an Arca and I can okay, take a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so if I get in a situation, had... like bear hunting is one of those things where I think a tripod is going to be very useful because those situations where you might be glassing on a steep slope, bears across the ridge, you don't have anywhere to lay down and you try to run up the mountain. Okay, now you're adding distance. You try to get closer. Well, the train might not be conducive to get closer. So you, you have a tripod. You can position that up. You can literally lay on it. You can grab on that, that tripod a proper way and you can touch off you know, perfect shot on it. So I think I have it. And if I had to get in a situation where I need to use it, I would use it. That's why you practice it. That's that why I practice it. Yeah. I was trying to think. I didn't. I can't remember you ever shooting. Nope, never, never have. I, and I would tell you that that I think guys have to just be 
I, I mean, I'm all, I always want to go prone first. Exactly. Like I want, I want to get as low and, and, and watch I mean, out. That, the internet tore me up about that before. Well, but, but, and that's okay. Look, <laughs> it'll tear see, you up about but, anything. But you can that, shoot a million but, different but, ways. But, yeah, yeah. I'm like, see, yeah, you but can. That's but that's just the thing is, is that we got to get over this. Like I mean, a lot of people have doing a lot of things a long time and, and doing really well with it. So I, I like prone. If I can shoot prone, I'll shoot prone. It, if I can, I'm just always trying to lower the, like, I, I always remember I, there was a situation with a friend of mine and people are trying to set tripods and rear rests and all this stuff up. And the whole time I'm watching this thing, like I'm watching TV through the, through a set of 50, or a, a 32 power Koas. And I, 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 and I'm not going to lie, I get on the radio and I call my buddy who's sitting next to the guy I go, you know, he does realize there's a thousand pound rock right next to him. That's flat. <laughs> and there was just radio silence. <laughs> oh, shoot. And, and oh, look, okay. I, like, I, I'm just like, I, I couldn't help but like, like I'm waiting for shots to ring out and like, no one's doing anything. I'm like, there's a boulder. You're, you're right. I mean, it was as big as this table. Yep. Just get on top of it. I mean, you can lean into it, and the, and you. He had a bipod. Yep. I mean, that's the way I no. And look, I, I just you know, and some of that is we get flustered when things oh, start yeah. happening, and I get it. But I, I think guys just need to think out how they want. Um, I I used to be not a big fan of the tripod thing. And. Cade Smith from from Triclops. We've, I've had this conversation with him, Cody. What you know? What what don't? And I'm like, well, because I I just thought that I was trying to do things different, but I had to listen. And then when I started getting my kids to shoot off of it, yeah, that's a game. They changer. can shoot like ridiculous yardages off of a Triclops and a tripod. So, you know, I'm not doing it so they can fire a thousand yards. I'm doing it so they can fire two or three hundred yards, really, really solid. That's what I want out of that. Yeah. I feel it's really big for antelope hunting. Like, yeah. Like, there's so many times where you're stalking an antelope with a rifle, sagebrush in the way you can't lay prone. Yeah. Shooting off your backpack is going to be a little unstable. If you have a taller bipod, what do you do when you get a taller bipod? You're, you're inducing variables that you can't control because the legs then are getting pretty weak down below, so that thing's going to start wobbling. Well, yeah. I have a solid tripod there, and I can shoot off it with a triclops. Or I've throw shot it a, a lot of antelope off my tripod. Yeah. That's why I was asking you, because you, you would be able to speak to it much better than I can, obviously. And, and what's funny is, is that the last time I shot off a tripod was at an antelope, because... If I if I didn't have the tripod, I couldn't get over the grass. Yep, same. Yep. He was, you know, his whole chest was covered up by grass. As soon as I got above that, I was great. And 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 I it, there's also this too. So I, I just mentioned triclops, right? So that's that's a, a saddle that, yep. that lock. You know, you can you can either have it locked onto your gun or you could have it on the tripod and, and then do it. There's there's a solo and then there's the original. That that's a whole another choice. Mm -hmm. Um. I think what an, a lot of people do with with shooting is um, are you, so a lot of people ask about tripods. Are you are, can can I shoot from this? Okay, well let's talk about that for a minute. So with the advent and everything happening with 1913 Picatinny rails and Arca Swiss and everybody wants their gun locked in, and again I'm old school, so I'm just gonna say it. That's not my way. If you want to lock your gun in there and you're doing that, all the power to you. But everything I've ever shot and done and practiced 
where I've been able to lay my gun, you know, on top of a shooting fork, I for me that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell you that the last antelope was from a shooting fork. It was very quick. I had to be able to move the tripod and I laid the gun in and the and the and I, I remember I couldn't get over the grass and the antelope moved and he, he got in just a little bit better spot. And basically, because of the contour of the, the, the stock of the rifle, I just leaned into the gun and pushed it higher up and literally got that scope just enough and, you know, 300 yards and he dropped like a sack, you know, yeah. and it was awesome. So if you didn't have that, the ability to move and, but, but I had shot like that before, I had practiced like that before and it was easy and, you know, it was, it, it worked really well. Yeah, I think if you have, again, you're saying you have to practice with everything, which everyone should do, practice glassing, practice shooting off it. And if you're gonna have a lightweight setup that you're backpacking with that you think you can throw a rifle on there, like am I gonna be able to throw my 14 pound rifle yeah. on a sub two pound well, bipod? Yeah, Probably not the yeah, most I best of my ability. Be, it, so I, I have to understand then, okay, yes I can, but is there a better way to do it? I could just go 20 yards to my left and ah. shoot because I have a lightweight setup, so my, that rifle shouldn't go on that. Right. And so you have to think of all those pros and cons when you're taking that gear. I have only known one instance that I've seen where a guy had an Arco Swiss rail on his gun. I, unfortunately, I don't know the caliber. I just saw a picture of it where he locked it onto a VA-5. And because of the recoil... I mean, I don't know that it didn't blow it up. It just, the, the tightening screw was obviously screwed up. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's just, that's just not my way to do it. I know that there's guys that preach that in the shooting schools and, 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 and I'm absolutely for that. Mm-hmm. If that's the way that you're schooled and you're doing it, at least they're the, the good thing of all that is, is that people are being conscientious about shooting. They know that there's an animal at the other end and they're trying to do it the right way. Yep. And if, if your right way is doing it that way, good. I, I, I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's chocolate and vanilla. Mm-hmm. There's other ways to, to do that. Yeah. There's Neapolitan or there's, you know, twists or whatever. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So don't be afraid to try it. Yeah, all my antelope have been on the VA-5 head with the triclops. That's how I've shot yep. the majority of my antelope. And the reason why I like that VA-5 head is just like you were talking about, I can follow the animal yep. if anybody's ever hunted pronghorn they know they don't stop and they're always moving so like when the when the animal does stop you don't have that whip back on the on the scope and you know you can press into it lock it down enough where you can still move but the second you let go it's locked that's just the way that's just what i have found that works well for me and the majority of the antelope we sat one day we were in unit 23 we had a buck bedded and ty sat behind the rifle mounted on a triclops I think we were there for three hours. We could not get this buck to move. And it's probably one of the most proudest, you know, thing I've ever seen my kid do, like in a hunting scenario. He sat there for three hours baking in the sun. And we just could never get that deer to get in the right spot. And he 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 was talking to me. It was like one of those moments where he was like, Dad, hey. I need you to help prop up my back, you know, you know, okay, we'll get a, you know, get a pack in there and get him set. But when he was there for three hours, 
I, I was like, and, and you know, my, my my buddy, I'm looking, I'm like, Rob's looking at me, I'm looking at him, I'm like, yeah, he's he's on it, we're good, <laughs> like, you know, and I, and I'm sure we, there was probably a couple times we maybe, if it was Rob or I, maybe we could have tried to slip one in there, but I, I didn't want that experience. It was a 500 yard shot, which I was fully confident in his abilities, but at the same time, I was like, hey. I, I want to make this right. I mean, it's got to be right for that that deer down there, and I want to give everything, everybody and him a chance. I didn't want to have anything bad happening. But if it hadn't have been for a tripod and a triclops and, and just patience and talking and, and him being able to verbalize what we were doing in that moment, man, that could have turned out to be a really bad experience for him. Mm-hmm. But he remembers that time now where he's like, yeah, I remember when we sat there and, you know, that deer, he, he knows like, hey, I, I, I want to put that deer in a good spot so I can I can shoot him when it's open. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know. Yep. One more thing I want to touch on too, back to the ball head versus pan head. Uh-huh. Um, pan head, the reason why I prefer it a lot, we didn't really touch on it too much, is for the ability to grid out the mountain. I feel it's a lot easier to oh, grid. Oh, 100%. And also when I, you know, I have heavy optics. So if I try to throw a heavy optic on a ball head and I try to loosen something to move it slightly, again, it's going to just go fall off to the side where that pan, if I loosen it, it really can only go one way forward, backwards, or it'll sit there and spin on its own axis. So I feel like I can, you know, have a heavier optic on there a lot easier and be able to, and then also grid is very essential. So I can literally take it and grid them out up and down, left and right, go back through there, grid it again. And I think just to add on to what you're, what you're saying is, is I I may have said this or touched on earlier. I like to feather in the weight of my specific optic. Yep. And once I've done that, I could kind of do figure eights and go where I want with it and let off. And it should, that the weight of the binocular or, or spotting scope should hold. Yep. So if I have it held at a 45 degree angle and I'm looking up there, like when I've let my hands off, I want it to stop. Mm -hmm. So when you're gridding, what I, you know, whether you're left, right, up, down, how most, a lot of people do it like they read a page. So they're doing left to right, you know, top to bottom. It, there, there's all kinds of different ways. That, maybe oh, that's another podcast. You, you, see me, you see me smirking right now. So I, I know, I know we're, we're there, but, but that's the thing is, is that, you know, generally speaking, like I, I will, I will set the pan and I will figure out a stop, you know, start stop point. And I will go all the way through that. And depending whether I'm going up or down, I, I will come down and, and overlap the, the um, field of view. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'll go back through. And I think that that is so much easier to do with that handle. Yep. Because you can, you, I mean, you can put that pressure on it and you can move back and forth and be ultra methodical and slow. And I, 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 I there, there's some reoccurring themes that keep coming back and, and I think it's just about being, having good glass, good field of view, edge to edge quality, having the, the, the head that will allow you to, to, to do these items and do them smoothly. Because I think it's those transitions where you, you kind of caught a movement and you're like, was that a bird or was that like, you know, the white little fairing of, of a deer and you go back and you're like, ooh, man, that's a deer standing there. How did, you know, how did I miss that? Mm-hmm. And because he flicked an ear or whatever, and I think it's those those methodical, smooth transitions that allow your eyes to adjust and pick up things that it's not picking up. Yeah, and what's really great too about the pan heads is I can, like you said, you can feather that tension knob, or I can get that tension knob set perfectly so the elevation left and right, right. I can actually just look in the binos and I can just use like my nose and my eyes yep. 
and just move it back and forth. So it's also making it a little bit more stable. So I haven't had my hand 100%. on it sometimes. And I can do the same thing on the vertical when I'm gritting as well. Yeah, I, I, I just like pan heads better. And I, you know, maybe I'm, you know, there's guys out there doing it the other way and if that's what they want to do, that's great. And I have more the power to them and that they're not wrong. Yeah. If they're successful, great, use it and, and say it, teach it, whatever you're going to do. I, I just, I just have a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. One more thing. Yes, sir. I want to discuss. So everyone, <laughs> everyone knows this is going to be me speaking for trail right now. So I'm probably going to murder this whole okay. statement. But this is one of Trail's biggest advice. So what are we in right now? Well, you it's, know I love Trail, so I'm, yeah. I, you got me on the edge of my seat on this deal. Okay, so right now, as most people know or should have known, it's tax season. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest benefits Trail feels is using that tax refund. Yep. If you need a pair of optics, what better way to get a tax refund to put some of that call cash? Me. Call call, me. call up Cody. I, I, I will make it worth your while. And put that investment to where it's yep. best spent, which yep. we've discussed right now. Optics are it. 100% I will help you spend those dollars to the to the maximize everything that we've just talked about. Um, but what what not a better time to do that? I mean, if you're going to have a tax return and basically let the you know government hold on to your money for X amount of time, there is no better way for me to spend it than to do something I'm going to do outdoors and and glass is a, is a big purchase and and I think that's a great uh, great time to do it. And you can double up if you're an insider member and you have some reward points 100%. banked up. 100%. Hmm, use that tax return. Use some of those reward points at Go Hunt. 100%. And get some optics, get a tripod, get a pan yep. head, get a ball head, whatever it may be. I like I like Trails thinking there. He swears by it. And he's, I don't think he's wrong. I mean, he, no. he does swear he, by it, though. That is literally his, like, that's his thing. And I think he's yeah. actually said he has done that before. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. When you absolutely. get that cash back when you're, when you're whatever age you I, are. I and, would tell you... I probably hear that at least five to ten times a week. Hey, Cody, I'm doing this. This is what I'm gonna do. Hey, what are we doing on this? And and you know, what's the price on that? And how many points? And all right, how do I maximize you know this whole thing? Okay, well let me let, let's look at it. Let's see what you you know you want a spotting scope. You want binos. You know what do you want to do? And once that's done, I, I mean, I mean. The money's there for them. Yep. It, it it's it's an easy choice after that. They don't. It's it is. It's like having a little. You know. It's just some people look at their tax returns as a savings account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and there's nothing like having some money in your pocket to buy something you really want. Exactly. That happens. It happens a lot. So most people will say, "Hey, you know, I got. Uh, I just did my taxes and." And it's estimated it's going to be this, so I build them a draft order, send it to them, let them look at it, and they call me, you know, a couple of weeks later. When, you know what? It, you know now sometimes those things come in twenty four hours. You know you never know. Yeah. But bottom line is, is people call back all the time and go, "Hey, I got my tax return. I'm ready to go." Yep. And I think that's a great opportunity to do that. Good job, Trail. One, yeah, we'll yeah. go Trail. Trail's on the money on that one. Yeah, wish our boy was here right He's now. He's normally on the money pretty much. Uh, he most talked of the about time. know how to maximize yeah, yes. all of it. That's the yep. guy. That's your guy. 100%. Yeah, so I think we're at the uh, two hour mark right now. Is there anything? Are we? Yeah. yeah. We did two hours. Conversation's been, fl- conversation's been flowing. You know, we need a follow up with Cody on just technique. Alone. I know. That'd be another two hour that's, one. That's what I'm always like. Gosh, we have Cody here, and there's so much more stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. Just. Just uh, tell me when you want me to come. Yeah. I will bring it up. I, I will 
get it on the books and we'll, we'll make it happen. Especially when you talked about your gridding from left to right. I really wanted to jump in there and say the, uh, it, well, my way to do it, but we'll save that well, for another time. We touched the thing, on it before. The, the truth, it, I mean, just to touch on it, I let the train dictate what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's all about what the train tells me to do. I just scatter around and try to get lucky. Well, <laughs> spray, you know spray, what, spray, but, 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 but I do that buddy. too when I when I first get somewhere. I'm looking for the escape routes. I'm looking for the obvious. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, the, halfway joking. Yeah. But when I first set up, yeah, it's just spray and pray all the good spots and then absolutely and go methodical. Yeah. And you're crazy if you don't do it that way. And if you're hunting with a partner, you know, literally, like when when you crawl over a, a saddle into a little basin or whatever. In my eyes, every it's it's like a military movement in there. Like everybody has a job and everybody knows what they're doing. Looking at the the, the easy places and, and one guy's doing that and 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 the other guy's setting up and getting this big you know optics on it. So if something is sneaking out, we can identify it and figure out what it is right away. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of different scenarios to do that. But all right, it's official. We're gonna do a technique one follow up. I can't wait. 100%. There we go. Cody and I had a podcast back then. I can't remember what episode it was, but maybe we can find it and throw it in the description notes. But we did one where I did a little deep dive on this and I kind of want to do a further deep dive on Cody and I's thoughts well, on uh, I, I, gritting. I think, it's, the, um, I think it's the most, I truly believe, and yes, this is my expertise and what I love to do, but I think it's one of the most rewarding things that people like I was at dinner the other night with my wife and I had a guy literally was staring at me during dinner and, and you know, not staring, but it was just, you know, I could tell, tell. He, maybe he recognized me. I don't know what I, I, I wasn't even thinking about that guy literally comes up, you know, I'm like half like eating a cheeseburger or something. And, and he walks right up to the table with his, with his wife and he's like, Hey, uh, you, you, you are Cody, right? And I said, yes, sir. He goes, well, I, I really don't want to bug you. But he goes, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And he goes, I, I literally debated the entire time. You know, I, I'm over here sitting, bugging my wife, telling her, should I? And she's like, just go talk to him. And it was just my wife and I. And I was, he's like, Cody, what you talked about in, 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 in the glassing and the, in, in the optics, he's like, it, it changed how I did things. You know, you can say any, I mean, you can call me whatever you want. You can tell me I don't know anything about whatever. But when someone says that to you, yeah, it makes all of this, it makes all the hard work that we do to get these products and it makes it all worth it because mm -hmm. it's like that guy went outdoors and enjoyed himself doing it. Yep. And maybe, maybe we had a small part in making him better at what he did. And he's fully on board. Mm -hmm. yep. And and I'll, I I mean those instances and for God's sakes I'm just a guy who puts his pants on just like you guys. <laughs> I just love to do what I do. I'm not like I'm not like like I was. My wife was like that guy was really he was actually like really you know like being courteous like he was. And I'm like I, I showed him the light. He was well, thankful. I, I appreciate that. But if you see me out somewhere. Come up to me, talk to me. I want to hear about <laughs> stuff like this. Yep, Seth brings in a good point. So if you guys have any sort of optics questions at all, um, obviously this is going to be on YouTube. If you've stuck around this long, hopefully you have. You, know, you can always reach out to Cody at optics at gohunt.com. Shoot an email. Drop those comments, questions you have on either YouTube of this 
uh, podcast or jump over the article on Go Hunt. Drop your questions. Also, would love to know what other you know topics or discussions we can have with Cody next time. We start building that sure. list up. That way, when we get him here, we can answer some guys' questions or dive into whatever subject you want to do. And you can also call Cody at 702-847-8747. And, and email at optics at gohunt.com. And, hey, I'm going to give a shout-out to that guy that did say that, um, Danny and Megan Gilmore. There you go. They can shout-out. Yeah, absolutely. All about shout-outs on the, on the, the podcast. But they're awesome. customers. They're, yeah. they're, they're just they're locked in, Love and that's it. such a special experience. And Love it. So shout out to those guys and thank you and and you were not bugging me. Love it. Appreciate you being on here, Cody. Hey, I, this was fun. We're gonna do this again. Like I said, time is flying by. And we got some here. stuff to research and find out too. Yeah, we do. That's also what I wanted to get into, but we'll have to do we'll another podcast. Yeah. Follow up. Follow yeah. up. No, absolutely. All right. I think we get some medical. Get yeah. a doctor in here. There, well, there, there's a guy here in Vegas that has reached out, and I think it's it would be worth maybe getting him in here and getting a podcast done. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds and, good. And I know that he's, if he's listening at all, he's probably going, I tried to do that with you, you know, a couple of years, but now, now it's appropriate. Now it's right. right. We got our Let's podcast. Do we're doing what we're doing. And, and I think we could do something like that. Sounds good. All right. Appreciate you, buddy. You got it. Appreciate buddy. it. Anytime. Thank you for having me. We out.